Save exterminate. Selfish Navi and Klingon. Yells winter is coming at Comic Con. While keeping Hal Jordan's ring on. That's me. I'm a nerd. That's me. A super legitimate nerd. Whenever I was younger, I used to have dreams that Trini, the yellow Power Ranger, would come to my bedside and teach me karate. I was 17 years old. I'm not fooled by your LASIK. They're not fooled by my LASIK. Nobody's fooled by our LASIK. to detail is absurd. Excelsior. And a great way to start the podcast with my favorite song off of their album, Afterbirth Monkeys, A Man Dies Defecating a Drinking Game, Nerd Him. Um, that is, obviously, that is wordy. <laughs> it is. It is wordy. Our guests, of course, this week, if you haven't checked the preview from last week, is Afterbirth Monkey, Charles Stunning, and Mark Turner. Hi, Yay! Internet. And by wordy, you mean a mouthful. Mouthful. Yeah, I do. Mm. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Welcome to the Crash Course Podcast, guys. Thanks for Yay. having us yeah. here. We're so excited. excited. Really glad that you guys were able to join us. Um, I know that you guys, I want to talk a little bit about, um, the, the variety show you guys started recently yeah. at the top of the show, do a little promotion. Okay. Didn't you guys, okay. you started a variety show, I forget the venue. Yeah, it's at Rapture Lounge in Rapture. Queens. Yeah. Uh, the idea was just to try to open up the genre of, of the variety show and the open mics and the, that sort of music scene that's in Astoria to actors and singers as well, like, um, musical theater singers as well, because that's 90% of what's in there, you know, and... I don't know, it's kind of what a lot of my friends started out with, and what both of us kind of came to New York to do, mm -hmm. and then you have to find these other avenues, because theater is such a hard thing to break into. Where are you two originally from? I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I am from... There was from, like oh, a delay there, a little oh, bit of uh, shame involved. We, oh no, <laughs> no I'm, I'm really I ashamed, know ashamed of it. what turn we should go in. I was born and raised in a little town called Evansville in the state of Indiana. Oh, yes. Cornfields, rednecks, cows. <laughs> I'll pretend I know that place other than the name on a map. But I, 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 I'm good at maps. Don't so go I to Evansville, Internet, ever. Sorry, Mom. They filmed a League <laughs> of Their Own there, and she was in it. Was an extra in a League of Their Own. Were you really? Yeah. Wow. I did not know <laughs> what? that. She was a Rockford Peach. Uh, yeah, it was a little <laughs> tiny little Rockford Peach. They put my hair in pigtails and put me in a little Rockford Peaches uniform. I sat in the crowd and watched a fake baseball game happen. Everybody pause. Go check that out. Come back. I mean, you won't see me. She's a, she's a blurry little. I'm like a little blurry blonde. dot, and you can see like my mom's blurry little dot hat. Oh, like, okay, so it'd be like a Where's Waldo experiment. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, still yeah. encourage. Find Mama Stunning in a hey, league of their own. Hey, and actually, it's in HD now, so you might yeah, actually be able to see yeah. it. Yeah. <gasps> um, the most important thing that I learned from doing that movie, because I did a movie, was I learned how to twiddle my thumbs, guys. Ooh. Little five-year-old me learned how to twiddle thumbs. Don't do the math on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even sure if I was five. I was probably eight. 
<laughs> I know snapping, snapping, snapping is charge. the kind of thing you learn. Whistling is the kind of thing you learn. I never really thought about twirling your thumbs. Twirling your yeah. thumbs. Got a talent. Yeah, it's hours like... and hours of entertainment. Yeah. See, look, he can't do it. John's he's trying, trying to, you guys. John's trying to do it. He's to explain it's a little, it. It's a little. It's wonky. It's really. It's, it's not going to get you. Nothing's five stars. more. Yeah. Nothing's I'm more sorry. Star that sounds like. I'm sorry you can't see this, but I got mad twirling stars. It's like the greatest thing for audio like, ever. I was really, gonna say, we could not have come up with a better. You're gonna audio start a tornado with those. Oh no, it's a, it's a party now. Be careful, now. guys. It's a party, the guys. Party. Be careful, <laughs> guys. You're missing out. It's 3 p.m. Memorial Day. We're having dumb twiddles like by the yard full. That, that <laughs> made my wrist feel funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird, right? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> you, can, you can burn a lot of calories twiddling thumbs, everybody. Good to know. I'm gonna stop doing that. I feel fitter already. Before we get into the album review, I also wanted to talk because Chuck was at this as well, and we talked about it on the podcast back in January when yeah. Nelson was on or earlier. Nelson Lugo's one man show, Gathering, Gathering the, the Magic, Magic, finally came out. Um, he actually just recently released that the theater he did it at offered him a deal to do it more frequently mm-hmm. and a continued run, which oh, is very that's exciting. That's awesome. That's really awesome. And so oh, me yeah. and Chuck both saw it on Saturday, I, and it was a lot of fun. It was really great. I so cried like, with pride, not gonna lie. It happened. I, was, yeah. I had my hanky. I was ready. He did some unique tricks that I had not really seen before. One, using comic books, which I knew the punchline oh of that gosh. act, oh my but it was still really good. He he prefaced the act as, everyone loves on the schoolyard arguing which superhero would be which. So he had six comic books, different heroes, and they put them on a board, the comic book facing the board, so you couldn't see what was what. Mm-hmm. And him and a, an, a, an assistant removed them one comic at a time until it became just one left and then he guessed what was left but they were shuffled and everything so he couldn't see and then he had given someone else an envelope at the beginning of the act which had the same exact comic in it and it was all random so it was really cool a really interesting um personal note about that trick that was the first trick i ever saw nelson lugo do um at an epic wind show and i was the i was the comic person and in the end, I got a Batman comic, and I knew from then on that I was going to be friends with Nelson Lugo. Aww. Because he gave me a Batman comic. Aww. Don't be listening to this, Lugo. It's really embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play music like in the background right over that place. It'll be really sweet. Yeah, it's like the really Lonely Man's yeah, from like, Hulk or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, no, Homeward Bound. Homeward Bound. <gasps> There's a lot of good parts of the soundtrack yes. for that. Yeah. So I guess it would be redundant at this point to reference episode 72 in which we had Nelson Lugo on talking about the show, since now people can just go see the show. Um, and what was the first episode we had him on? Episode 19. <gasps> Where Before we let the guests pick the album. This, yes, that was back when did. we just picked albums and they chimed Fly in on Lotus it. until and the quiet. Yeah, poor Nelson was not happy about that. I was happy. I actually missed that episode. He I was, was happy I was not subjugated to that album. The only <laughs> time anyone has ever been absent was that day. That day, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and Nelson claimed that he killed John and replaced him. But then yeah. John was back the following week. Well, Lugo's a magician. Better. That's yeah. true. He yeah. might have unkilled him. Maybe he's actually a sorcerer. Oh, also, Nelson Lugo does wizard. card tricks with magic cards instead of actual decks of cards. Yeah. When he does, uh, like he doesn't do card tricks. He does tricks with cards. There is a difference. in the name. I, I got it. Same? He's a clever dude. Yeah. Gotcha. He's a clever dude. I'm really proud of you, Lugo. Oh, this is Me too. This is quite a Nelson fest we just had right here. We really love him. Don't worry, I'll get. <laughs> yeah, to... we do. He <laughs> brought on really Mark Three. Cool. Don't worry, I'll get to shave of the Dark Lord later. Mm. Make it full circle. Oh boy. Can we not? Uh oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I love Shaver too. Um, um. Oh, and that's the other thing I want to mention. Charles is now the third host of the Epic Podcast. The other other yes. host. The other other host. Yeah. Other, other host. Um. What's really crazy is that podcast is dropping the same day as this one. So. Anybody who's listening to this, why not go to nerdyshow.com and listen to more of me talk about bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Make it a Charles Stunning day. Aww. Stunning. 
Yeah, I went there. I shouldn't have. That is a really good tagline. Oh, actually, someone tried to give me the tagline. Set phasers to stunning. <gasps> I don't mind that. I like that. It's nerdy and fits, awesome. Fits the nerd better, but yeah. I don't think it has the same potential as yeah. a have a Charles Stunning day. I mean, it's not as good as the sexiest ankles in burlesque. So That's true. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, that's important. Um, <laughs> you had professional you ankle ankles. photography is the question. I know, like, for the 19th I'm, century, that'd be really, really racy, but hey. I bet there would probably be a weird niche for that, actually. I've, Ooh, I know of a lot of strange ankles. fetishes. You should really bank on that niche. I want to see yeah. your ankles. Get it. Show me your ankles. Show me your ankles. Honestly, that's probably ankles. not a very weird fetish. Well, I'm saying is back in the 19th century, that wasn't just, just a, that was like guy. He's getting uncomfortable. John no, 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 no. Like, there are dark. Are you parts a holdover the from the 19th century? Yes. You, you, you kept that that yes. ankle thing going. Dark. <laughs> um, what do you look for? Like no not... moles, no no bumps, no no calluses, right? Yeah. Okay. Ooh. okay. A, a, a solid ankle. A, a supple. Like a, like right. a slender, a supple, solid. Not like a bird ankle, but or or a cankle. Like we, you got you got to get right in between. There's got to be like a little bit of definition, you know. Solid, supple ankle. Yeah. I never thought that we would discuss for a solid five minutes about the types of ankles people prefer. But I'm once glad again, we did. That's, once that's, again, that's, he's that's going, spur, we're doing this spur podcast. Yeah. We'll make that like 95A. There you go. Um, so I want to I get to the Katy Perry album, or Katy Perry. Katy Perry! Um, what made you guys choose this album, besides the hilarity potential? Uh, well, when... Mark and I first became After Birth Monkey, a lot of the ways that Mark would explain concepts he had for staging our our music was, have you ever seen Katy Perry's documentary? Because in it she does this, and I think we could do something like that. And <laughs> I, we've been a band for two years now, and I still haven't seen that Katy Perry documentary. Oh, I still no. have it. I know. I I probably will never watch it. I'm really sorry. It's it's become too much of a thing for it to be a thing now. Um, so <laughs> I think we think, the, I, 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 I think she's a very good showman. Yeah, show there's a lot woman. of spe- she can be a showman. That's wordy too. <laughs> show spectacle a, alone. According to her birthday video, she can also be a showman. Precisely. Yeah. She did do both. She, she was yes. a showman she, she and a was, show woman. She was on Funnier Die with the Teenage Dream uh, mm-hmm. music mm-hmm. video. Yeah, she's she's irreverent. Last and, Friday night is the video. That and, was the one. And oddly sexually charged. Oh yeah. And, um, and she's also not infamous. She sings for being, about tacos at one point. And you guys also sing yeah, about tacos. Yeah, so there's tacos? there's a lot of there's she's, a lot of. Crossover between she about, similarities, yeah. so it, it seemed like a good choice. Sex and tacos, and <laughs> the fact that this album in particular references other <laughs> pop genres Plus. and artists, and we sort of bank on that. Like K- we do rap, we do funk, we do. Katy Perry is also she's like twenty nine. Most people don't realize that because she looks so young, and I'm getting up there in age, guys. And she gives me hope that there's possibility <laughs> for me to stand on stage with candies twirling on my boobs. At age when he says 60, his 70 plus, at age you know? 24, he means which I am. Wow, a wee baby. <laughs> so needless to say, there's oh, this sort of I'm understated, <laughs> unironic attempt at, at not emulation, but at least reference mm-hmm. to Katy Perry's Pantheon. 
I'll go for that. Sure. <laughs> All, right. All right. So, of course, the album kind of went there. Also, right. my niece just did a talent show, her very first talent show. She's 10 years old, and she sang Roar, and it was the, one of the best moments of my whole Aww. life. Oh, so, my cousins did that, too. Yeah, so, I mean, that was also, like... And we want to appeal to little girls like she does. That's a lie. Little girls, don't listen to our album. <laughs> no. Please don't. Don't. So we have so far a crossover of sex, candy, and appealing to little girls. You sex, might want to kind tacos. of form yeah. that a little. Um, yeah. Appealing to girls. Also, okay. catchiness. Yeah. I kissed a girl and I like it. That sounds like we're talking about little girls and I don't like that. That's problem. <laughs> I don't like that. The album we're talking about, of course, is Prism, Katy Perry's latest record. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess let's get right into the first track, which is the first single off the album, Roar. 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 Uh, which, Roar. which we... <laughs> Roar. Roar. No, Roar, Roar. is the Shape of the Dark Lord version where he raps over Katy Perry. Which is yeah. way better. Way better. Yeah. Way, way better. This is not a joke on Dot Roar. So no. Dot Roar? No. 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 No way. Um, so this is the intro track to the record, though it could have probably been anywhere else on the... Record yeah. on the album, no, yeah, yeah. I, well, it's the mm -hmm. big single, though. I mean, well, yeah. one of the, maybe the two big. Well, they may not have decided that it was the big single. Well, they might have decided before it went out. Yeah, I they guess. definitely they released it as a single. I think it also so helps to, to like call like it's it's a call to arms. Like it calls people to be solid it's, in themselves. Like it's a pump up. I've song. got the yeah. island. Yeah. Just this purpose. Let's go, ladies. No, not just uplifting. It's further than uplifting. It, it really is a pump yourself up kind of a moment. Mm -hmm. I've got it. It's not that, presumptuous, that, I think, for just for uh, a pop album, like in the first track, to so, sort of go balls to the wall, uh, all-out pop, the big single, probably one of the catchier uh, or most memorable melodies on the entire album. Just put it up there, first track. Yeah. It would be presumptuous, I think, for anything other than pop, but for Katy Perry, that's not, like, it didn't phase me in the slightest to see this as the first track. So, yeah, yeah it was kind of a call to arms. I see it in that sense. Yeah. Uh, what's really, what's really, really funny is I don't know how familiar you are with uh, Sarah Bareilles' Brave. Oh, yeah. I know that song. Probably the only one here. They're <laughs> the exact same song. Are they? If you listen, yes. you can. The chord structures are the same, guys. Secret, secret. I'm doing a mashup of the two of them on my ukulele. Same song. I'm excited. Not kidding. It's wow. gonna be ridiculous. So this is another one of those axis of awesome four chord crossovers yes. that you find so much similarity in the, that you in might the, as well in, in actually the worst way because it's it's literally like G E minor A minor C like those chords. Sarah Bareilles' well, song has a D in it, and that's the only difference. Well, that was one of the things I noticed here, and it, one thing when it came to the bass here, there the bass stepped in. I was kind of okay with it, like just in terms of tone. But then once you step out of that, the actual chord change is going on. It just sort of went back and forth from B flat, B, B flat to C as a pivot, and then over to G. So it's just going between B flat major to G minor, and just that you know major relative minor, major relative minor. It's been a little bit done for me in terms of just like that was the only two major chord changes in the entire track which is why it sounded a little bit generic just beyond it being a big pop single as the first track it was those chord changes that did it in for me personally okay mm, that's not what did it in for me what did oh, it in got for more you? reasons oh 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 i don't you know what? Actually, no. Wait, know you're right. You're right. That's like maybe number two. Number yeah. two. Very, very close on the on the and list. And I know that the choice of the O's was because it's to represent the roars, because roaring is hard. Going roar is a lot harder than O and can't be sung as easily. Uh, I, I don't know. I reconsider that. I don't think that was necessarily meant to be the roar right there. When you hear it, I don't hear it as roar. I don't hear it as anything necessarily. No, it's that call to arm. It's that call. It's the call because it's. Mm. It was it, like 
like yodeling. But a call is yeah. yeah. a divorce. <laughs> also, it makes such a catchy hook. Oh yeah, but that's like, the whole. Uh, 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 uh. It's like yeah. the dance. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it, it, maybe it's that that I'm tired of, though. A lot of pop straight. Well, yeah. Go back to the O's. I'm just tired of O's. Well, but also, it's, maybe it's like it's more like a. Oh, I think we need another decade oh, of O's just to switch it up. Oh. I want the cowardly lion to sing roar. The yeah, If I had a rolled R in there, then I would have accepted it. Then I would have had it. That yeah. would have been. That would have been a purr. A nice little <laughs> flare. Would have been suggestive though, and there are suggestive lyrics here. Yeah, well, we get more suggestive. Oh, there's there's not a so single song that is not suggestive on this album. Some of it's not even suggestive. It's Some of it is late. in your face. Some yeah. of it is. But when you That's think about, because I was trying to think about this, like it, if you think it is blatant in the fact that it's so obvious what the thing she's talking about means, yeah. But she's also not singing my neck, my back, like my my crack. You know what I mean? No. Like she's not saying it. She's no. Just granted, like, this is actually what separates her from all the artists, right? That, you know, yeah. She's sort of Miley, highlighted as like being. Miley you know Cyrus what? You at like, least turn it down for the sake of something that's released to the public and certainly to younger, younger people. That's yeah. that's her her claim to uh, <laughs> to just a nice level. Nice level where everyone's friendly to everyone. It's friendly to the old age people, which is funny because that's actually in the videos that are to come. Um, yeah. I mean, but my thing about Roar also is it fits the structure of a typical catchy Katy Perry song that I can't get out of my head. I mean, mm-hmm. to me, I hear, hear very much similarity to Hot and Cold and to I Kissed a Girl. And the fact that it's just a catchy hook, a good, uh, you know, catchy chorus, well, uh, basic beat. An interesting fact about all of those songs is that they're essentially written by the same people. Yeah. Like, once she hit that third album with Teenage Dream, she started using the same producers as Britney Spears, as NSYNC, as Pink, as Kesha. Yeah. All, those same guys are writing all those songs. So if we're wondering why the music all sounds the same, it's because they're all the same writers. I did a strange double take when you told me that, because on one hand, my my instinct is to say that's that's really hard to believe. Wow, really? That 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 what Those few people control all of this music? And then really I think about the actual musical content. It's like, yeah, that, that does sound like well, the same person. Well, it's true. I mean, It the... almost defends the fact what that pop of... sounds like the same, because a lot of times it may very well be the same artist. Yeah. 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 I, I'm really curious to know what those guys, because it's a bunch of dudes, too. I want to know yeah. what their lives are like. Face, that they're writing all of nameless, these. but you know the, the man behind the curtain, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got an idea! I got an idea! I'll change this line, and it's a new song. It's a new song. Yeah. What's well, the same well, concept? We're gonna add a harmony over it's that. It's the concept chorus, that though. all these oh, men behind these female singers, like all of those men who are writing comics about women, it's the same idea. Like, what do they know from? Is, is that? But is that yeah. one of the reasons why visibly they're so hypersexual? Is because yeah. it's written by men. It could be that actually yeah. that could be a big part of it. Actually. Actually. But I want to I want to meet these guys and like know that they're going out to the club and like drinking a bottle of Jack. Yeah, they're the and ones they're like, doing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah right. Hitting on dudes. Song. They get to actually walk amongst <laughs> the public because no one knows their name, their face. So. They've got yeah. like their shirts pulled down too far and their thong hanging out. That's terrifying, actually. Um, speaking of the more <laughs> suggestive songs, I guess this is a yeah. good time to go into Legendary Lovers. Oh man. Which which you know sets a high bar. You know, you imagine a Legendary Lover is pretty incredible. Yeah. The okay. Suggestive is not even the word here. Lotus Bloom. Lotus Bloom, man. These are, it's it's almost every single style of euphemism possible in this one song. Mm -hmm. Gets really tropey about it. The thing is, I I did like a little bit to it. Uh, the, the verses themselves really felt like they had heart. I didn't care what she was saying. Mm-hmm. But vocally, it was it was emotional because of the toned-down nature of the actual beat work. 
All right, the well, toned down nature of the music. Speaking of that, because considering we're stepping away from the last track, which is really kind of just like loud and in your face, yes, this was a lot more soft. It was, it felt very spoken. I wasn't, I mean, yeah, again, you could take or leave the lyrics themselves, but it was slow and it was soft. And uh, this is important considering a later point that I'm about to make here. The first eyebrow raise for me was at the bridge, in which they were still, she was still singing. I mean, the, the background music was still very soft, but then she steps in with this sort of out of time, out of place triplets, yeah, really, really fast, so yeah. really good. intense. Yeah, yeah. yeah the I entire love that. bridge was it that. Feels good. Yeah. That song like feels very good to to like to my ears and to like my body yeah, because I really like, love yeah. those fast triplets. And then her head voice when she hits that. We could be legendary. I love that. Hey, those, I think are two, those are the two. Uh, I love that. Those like, are two those, uh, key those moments in the song. Those are, oh, nice, those are too. nice too. Yeah, like, yeah. just like it feels like it. It, it was a very sexualized yeah. song, and it feels very kind of. Yeah, I feel but, like you're, you're conveying some kind of liquid. The, the only yeah. thing, the only thing that yeah. took us out of <laughs> <laughs> when chorus. The choruses themselves are so dry, uh, so simple, yeah. and I just couldn't get away from that. Well, here's the yeah. thing. I was really, really liking the slow, soft tone that started out with the verses, and I kind of liked the juxtaposition when she stepped in there with the the, uh, the triplets, which were really, really fast, because I was mm -hmm. feeling the tempo of the song really slow. It was a nice slow 4-4, four, four. so those triplets were really more like sex tuplets to me because there were six <clears throat> per individual beat. Yeah. And then when it steps in with the chorus, it was like double time. So it kind of took away that mystique of the slow and soft air that we got in the beginning, and therefore it didn't quite have the same effect when she would like go back to those triplets later on, because now we're at double the tempo. Mm. Really the same tempo, but you know, it's just you feel it quicker at mm -hmm. this point. So yeah, I think if you had one thing going for this, it's that mystique of legendary lovers. Might as well stay slow and soft. I think that's where she had me. But then once, you know, the chorus kind of stepped in really, really loud, it's just, and now you're back to where you were that, in the first track. Yeah. That's problem. pretty much how I felt about it, too. Like, the chorus is just kind of bored me, but... Except for that one part. Right, well... The, the, uh, the well, accent. It, the yes. pre-chorus, I love the pre-chorus and the verse. It's just the, the chorus itself, the, the, the key chorus was, was just not as good as everything else leading up to it. I like the mix of it. I didn't mind the, mu the musicality of the song. I mean, it was nothing revolutionary, but I enjoyed it. Uh, like Chuck said, it did have that kind of liquid sex kind of feel kind yeah. of like gotcha yeah. going and I, I like that I think that's really cool I also there, I, there was the odd instrumental which well, oh, I didn't interlude. think fit what I was I, oh, I liked that the song itself like it it, it it traveled it went to a completely different style of music than she's used to doing like it, it had a very like tribal uh it, it almost it was indian it felt oh, like i see yeah. so not traveling within within like, itself like traveling for her like as it went, an artist like, she like as yeah. a location like i i felt like she went from the jungle and roar to suddenly some place in like india well, i found it like Ganges, i found it pretty she says, stable take, take me down to the river i found it stable throughout because you I mean the, the first i mean as soon as the song begins i hear the sitar kind oh, of yeah, opening it exactly. up so you know the second they dropped into the uh the instrumental later on i was like oh perfect that makes perfect yeah, sense yeah i agree with I, steve like i don't think the instrumental was out of place because of the sitar in the beginning it was a kind of yeah so i already heard it heard it as this sort of exotic tale which fits when you're going for something legendary, legendary no, no, yeah. like, you know it's, might as well go yeah. exotic too the out of placeness is the instrumental itself I disagree. Having an instrumental in there. No. Oh, ah, that that's it's... just a continuation of the setting to me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think that that I think that maybe you were just expecting the song to go somewhere else so it felt out of place to you. Oh, no, I kind of expected the song to stay exactly where it was. So... And the instrumental did take it someplace else. I don't think it added enough to be 
a well, part of it. It, t- it took us someplace else just in terms of having an instrumental period. Exactly. I don't think there's any other place in this album where we really get a full-on instrumental. Yeah. And it was yeah. it was pretty cool. It was actually a tabla breakdown. Tablas are those instruments that are, you know, they're like Indian set of drums, but they're really like short. They have that they have that deep tone to it. So yeah. you just sort of tap your finger in the middle and you get this sort of parabolic boom. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the entire instrumental was using those tablas. And I well, love tablas. And we don't oftentimes hear... Like, you'll hear a drum solo that has several different pieces to the set. You don't usually hear, like, a tambourine solo. And that drum by itself was the only sound that had a good 20 seconds worth of song. Yes. And the rhythm itself was interesting. We're used to hearing guitars that do riffs and stuff, so why can't yeah, yeah. we so celebrate? So I guess for the, that reason, I'll give John, John, drum. I'll give John a point here. I guess it did kind of take me away from the the generic pattern of verse, chorus, verse, chorus. We have an instrumental, and it's a pretty cool instrumental that I did not expect personally on a Katy Perry album. So yeah, yeah it was mm-hmm. positive. Uh, the last thing I want to say about this track is um, uh, what Chuck started to say. There were really two moments, which I, which I I guess three moments now that we've thrown in the instrumental that really made it for me. It's the triplets in the beginning, it's that instrumental there, and then it's also those little accents where she goes almost into her own falsetto yeah. in the mm-hmm. chorus it's itself. Interesting. She's got a voice like a dude. Like she's, she's got, like, she can belt loud, but she's there's no mid-voice. She doesn't have the ability to... Sing in a mix. She yeah. she almost hits into what I would say. Yeah, it's like a I falsetto. felt that too, and I think it's also. I mean, it shows that I, I feel like maybe she can't do that on the same track. They were definitely two separate tracks that were uh, superimposed there just for that little accent. Yeah. Uh, the lyrics themselves, um, when she does that accent, are what? Where was that? You should be. You could be. And it's just right there in the middle of the otherwise plain chorus melody there. But it's just this this glorifying moment in the entire track that I kind of want more of. I wish she would do that throughout her tracks. I wish her falsetto was a more common thing, personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's nice to listen to, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, moving on to something with a lot less substance. Oh. Birthday. Oh, I love this so song. Good. It's yeah, so love good. this song. Um, like, like Smarties. It's the Smarties. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's absolutely it's candy. It's that candy. unnecessarily, like, you know it's bad for you, but you're like, you know what, I'm going to have that Ooh. third cupcake. It's yes. fine. Right. Don't judge me. I, I actually have used this song as part of my my playlist for Honey Badger Burlesque for, like, like birthday shows and celebration shows because it just it. Like it's just it like, feels it's like a so celebration. Neat. It really does. But yeah. it's a celebration so between two people. Yeah. yeah. It's not. It's not a celebration in the room. All the yeah. rest of this has been like this. These huge party songs. Mm-hmm. Like, like they are like about. I guess maybe Legendary Lovers is about two people. So they're both well, about yeah. sex. Yeah, but they're yeah. like gods, and this is like. I'm gonna make it feel like your birthday, but that's yeah. very, very ironic. Considering that actually the the the, the music itself <clears throat> becomes a little bit more general. It's a dance floor yeah. song, yeah. so I see this as being something that is almost a little bit impersonal in that regard. And maybe there was just a little bit of clash there for me. Uh, you know, it's just a little problem because it, if it if it is gonna be personal, if it is gonna be a birthday song, maybe it shouldn't have been disco, which is strange because actually I was kind of liking the groove. Yeah. But it's just this disconnect that I can't quite reconcile. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because you know? it felt like the kind of song that, and not saying that I did this, but you, you you would like put on and like dance around sexy for your boyfriend, which I might have done. I didn't do well, that. Fair enough. I might have done that. <laughs> and actually, uh, when you think of the video here, have we discussed the, the video? No. So no. Wait, 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 wait. Before we go on to the video, I do have a big gripe with this, and that it stays on the one big metaphor of birthday. 
and just repeats itself. That's the name of the but song. That's no, 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 no. No, no, no. The one metaphor of the birthday gift equaling well, sex. Well, okay, yeah. Oh, that yeah. metaphor. Yeah. Big balloons. Yeah. But it's well, but she gets the, like she gets to the big balloon. She's just gonna take them out, guys. Yeah, but it's <laughs> the metaphors themselves are so unimaginative. Well, we were actually having a, a kind of a not an argument. We don't argue. A conversation <laughs> don't argue. about How debate nice. about what, what do you said. think the big balloons are? Everybody make a guess. Go for it. Her boobs, obviously. Yeah, we're gonna go with boobs. <laughs> okay. Final answer. Oh. Think maybe. But it, before that, she says, "Let me get you in your birthday suit." It's time to bring out the big balloons. We think big old floppy balls. Big old floppy balls. Okay, so time to whip out that. Well, you know, I was thinking that. I was thinking that just based on the amount of time (laughs) she said big. Yeah. It's like big, 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 big. It seems like kind of a build up, like the big reveal. Uh, On Zoom, you know. Big balls. Big, juicy balls. It's six bigs. That's very. it's an odd direction to go in. Who yeah. hones in on that when it comes to a blowjob? On the balls. After birth monkey, that's... <laughs> okay, that's fair, enough, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, you, gotta have, you gotta pay attention to the balls, too, it's guys. Important. Yeah, you gotta... The balls are excruciating. I mean, you guys will... We're just gonna turn here real quick. Yeah, you know, you gotta, like... Just, like, touch them and, like, them a little. You can do that thing with They're your pinky ooh, as you're, yeah, like, like... You, like, ooh, kind of like, pull them down and yeah, then you tickle that part Tickle it right in the middle. You know. I wish there's a way I could like create a audio parenthetical for what you just did there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're just being we're just subtly referencing how ball to give ball. a proper ball blow job. No, it's like no, you make you make a, you make a, a good proper point. balls blow job. He said proper balls job. Proper proper balls job. What I do like about the video, um, though, so the video is moving on. I am moving on. The music video that John told us actually existed was unique in the sense that it's it's Katy Perry. Uh, jackassing a bunch of different parties being different characters. Yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You cannot verb that word. Of course I can, I just did. Jackass? No, that gives credence to Johnny Knoxville. Truthfully, the internet gave credence to Johnny Knoxville. The internet does a lot of things wrong. Yeah, that's yes. true. My I point, do not want to perpetuate that. My I'm point, just saying. My point is, is though, it's a unique video in the sense that she's not being herself. She's being these other characters. Can we say per- she Ollie G's them instead? That, that, that's yeah. a little more acceptable. I, I liked him before he became famous. So, I, But, I, yeah, but okay. I, felt, I, I felt very Borat. Yeah. 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 And the intentional trolling was, I mean, I get what she's going for. And there was some humor in it. She's playing these characters. And the, the, the video did seem a little tropey and kind of annoying until there's a moment where she's scr- completely ruining a, gr- a little girl's party. Dressed yeah. as a princess. Dressed as a, an obnoxious princess, but then towards the end of the video reveals that it's her and all the girls lose their they're shit. They're so happy. And they're so happy. And you know the what? One little girl screams so adorably. And yeah. jumps. Oh, man. And it's like, as much as I think it's annoying when people, you know, this kind of TV show trolling stuff, I hate reality TV to mm-hmm. that extent, that was a very sweet moment. And I actually really appreciate that uh, as an artist, giving your fans exactly what they wanted at that right moment when they're about to lose it. Well, the key thing I want to hone in on here is obviously the fact that the video is split in two. It, on one hand, can be taken very plainly, very face value. It's a birthday present. You think of birthday presents as being for little kids and just making them happy and whatnot, in which case there's no innuendo whatsoever. It's just exactly what it is. And then on the other hand, you have this a uh, very gratuitous scene with uh, giving the blowjob to the old guy in the nursing home. Yeah. So, well, what was really what I think is interesting about that is that she took something. This is, seems to be like almost the exact opposite of what Miley Cyrus did with Wrecking Ball. Yeah. You guys know that song. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. When you listen to that song, it's it is not about being naked and swinging around on a wrecking ball. Like 
at all in any way. There's not a single reference to her being naked and, and yeah, that's being actually a very and sexual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she song. she does that a lot. Like she puts out these songs that you can listen to and you don't walk away from learning horrible things. They're just catchy songs. But Katy Perry took something that is disgusting. Like sex with people is wonderful, but it's like it's n- raunchy, you know what yeah. I mean? And she yeah. then took it and stuck it over a little kid's birthday party, which you guys know that those little kids' moms are like, "Honey, let's watch your music video again." And now they're yeah. learning how to give proper bump blowjobs. There you go. I'm so that, that I'm really so undecided on that. <laughs> that she just, that she gentrified it. Yeah. She right? just gentrified it with that video. Yeah. I guess it could be said. Well, I mean, we're not also just the fact the video that you can, here. You can, yeah. yeah, that's true. Oh. We're not rating on the video. No. Here. But no. I, I, I definitely think if you just take the lyrics, yeah, it's it's true that you could probably grow up with this song for that exact reason. Yeah. And then I go mean, back to it later and be yeah. like, what? Oh, yeah. yeah. I totally see that. And actually, I think that's kind of clever in a way. As, as bubblegum and candy as this song is, I like that idea that the lyrics have a double meaning. Yeah. It's the, Ghost Bo- uh, the Ghostbusters paradox. Ghostbusters paradox? Where you watch all the jo- all the Ghostbusters movies as a kid, kid and, and you're like, oh, yeah. yeah, and then yeah. you go, oh my god, Vinkman's a date rapist. That yeah. is what happened when yeah. I grew up. I was like, oh, dear. Oh, why does he have that many tranquilizers? <laughs> to go on a date with this woman. He just happens to have them. Oh, you know, God. I didn't think get the about line it. for... Uh, 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 what's it called? You've got too many people inside of you for years. Yeah. Because the first time I saw it, I was like, I don't know, six-ish? Yeah. So I yeah. grew up thinking nothing dirty about movies Just that like she's that. got a lot of voices in her head. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. nope. Got a lot of other... Nope. Penises in other mommy, places, too, apparently. Mommy, mommy she said she, wa- she wants him inside her. What's that mean? Yeah. Like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't yeah. get that. I don't want to see little girls running around going, let's take out the big balloons. I'm not sure if I'm done with the balls yet here. I, no, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. See? No, it's, 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 Who's it's the lyricist balls. here? Who's the lyricist here? I concur. Guys, I think you she's concur talking about... You think it's balls? I think, I think it's balls. I think she's nice. talking about the way that we like interpret birthdays and like how they can be really big, like tumultuous ex- things that you have to overcome. And, and she's saying, let's get out the big deals here, the big issues, and let's right. communicate Either how to that, like, get us through this next year. Or or she may be doing one of... <laughs> Postmodernism, it, existentialism, yeah, all of that. Guys, oh, it's like, look, it's, it's, it's yoga, it. Pilates. It's just that big giant ball that you like work out on. It's a, it could a, be that. Exercise ball. Let's get out because you're turning 37. We should probably do some core exercises. Things are starting to fall down on you. Yeah. Metaphysical, metatextual. Yep. 72% of all Buzz ACL word. injuries are so that just happened. trips and falls, guys. True. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Track four. I'm not comfortable leaving it on that note. Walking, but all on, right. walking all right. on air. So, this song, I totally missed the sex metaphor in this initially. I don't know how I did, but I did until Mark pointed it out when we were listening to it. Um, Wait, it starts with the line, you're giving me sweet, sweet ecstasy. Yeah, you take me to well, Utopia. Well, he thought it was about drugs. Yeah. Which it very well could be. I mean, it you read me like erotica? Song. Oh, yeah. Like, Boy, you make me feel exotic. Yeah. Maybe it could be more <laughs> than I was yeah. thinking. That's the, the best rhyme. That is the worst <laughs> rhyme. She's because like she Stephen Sondheim it. with that one. Oh. <laughs> it's erotica, exotic, You just insulted yeah. every musical <laughs> theater <laughs> nerd listening. Oh, like, what'd you say? Oh my god. She doesn't even try to rhyme it. She she pronounces it the right way. My favorite part about this song is the fact that it immediately references a 90s song. Yeah, yeah that song Sweat. Oh. It's just, I just, I love that is sound. That, is that song called Sweat? Come on and sweat. Yeah. 
Let the rhythm take control. Let the music move you. Is that called sweat? Because that's so. every time I hear that song. That's what you Every like. time. Every time. I've got to throw that. it out there. I feel like this album is all Katy Perry just references stuff. I'm like, oh, here's the 90s dance club thing. More so than that, it's even like the brand of 90s that even back then felt like it never quite escaped the 80s. Yeah. Like yeah. it's it I keep going back and forth with this track, but it's just that synth is it's overbearing. It's yeah. just like it's music has really gone so synthesized yeah. lately. Like this... we, we, we found we found the folk music again, like with yeah. Mumford and Sons and things like that. And mm-hmm. Sarah Burles plays a piano, but even she's she's converted to the Yeah. yeah. synths. A lot of a lot of bands these days use technologies o- over actual instruments and I kind of a, I'm annoyed by that. It's one of the reasons well, that I, we... I, still, I it's like, disclaimer it's cheaper. Here. Yeah. yeah. It, they don't have to pay 70 people on a stage. They can program it all into a piano or stick it on a track and suddenly yeah. there's... Granted, but here's the thing. I do think you can do, you know, very, very complex, intricate stuff with the synthesizer. Of it's course. Not, it's, yeah. not more, it's not so much that, but the, cho- the choice of tone, the exact synth they went for here is just so indicative of that 80s, 90s. And we seem to be encountering that all over the place. Yeah. So whether modern music is really moving in the synthesized direction is kind of, you know, that's here and there by now. It's Of course, it's been that way for 30 years. It's the fact that now it's, it's specifically referencing 80s, 90s synth back when it was new and novel. Like, that's an obsession now. And uh, clearly, Katy Perry's no exception to that matter. Yeah. There's not a ton of content in the song other than nope. the sexual content. And there are 40 repetitions. Really, yeah, There's 40 repetitions of walking on air. It gets very I apparent that she's I have she's to admit, just... if I were out dancing, this would be the song where if I drank too many vodka cranberries, I'd be like, oh my god, this is prophecy. We are walking on air. Because there's nothing to it. To the point that you have to be really drunk for it to make any, any sense. sense. Yeah, sense. that that definitely sounds accurate. Is there yeah, anything she... on the music side, Steve, that you really want to say? Eh. <laughs> no. Well, here's the, no, I actually I actually want to want to take lyrics here because there was a point earlier on when you mentioned that well you give me sweet sweet ecstasy that this is the the moment following the euphoria of orgasm. Yeah. And I don't know if I quite buy that with the uh, with the mix up here. Uh, on a dance floor setting yeah. again throwing back to the 80s 90s group but I feel like that. this is more like a dance floor euphoria yeah which yeah. is kind of a euphoria if you imagine but, uh, but I mean a lot like, of dance floors are are euphemism for sex also uh, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. But, yeah but you know well, because I mean dance, Katy Perry, dancing not going that on far, a dance but. floor does not look like it did in the 20s no definitely there, not there are very actually, I, I, would, I would argue that always in the 20s in the 20s it was pretty it's pretty racy actually yeah I would say to see sense yeah. If doing the bee's knees. The bees. Well, when you're doing the Charleston, it's really sexy. Uh, anyway. Um, Spoiler. I I just think it was a fairly like repetitive that. track. And I, I, no, yeah, the well, chorus. Well, me, Not just I for look, the chorus. But I gotta alone. say, like, if, if you've ever been on a dance floor and you've ever had too many vodka cranberries, you know that moment when the music drops out and it just gives you that kind of ambient, like, and then it pumps right back into the song and everybody's jumping and yeah, rubbing and their things on their things over. like it's the best yeah, yeah. it's fun like the, the song is fun I brought vodka cranberries guys if you guys want to oh sweet oh, alright cool. this thing yeah, happen I should have uh, in the studio. taken that offer earlier <laughs> for the, especially for this track but then again I, I have one more thing to say here and that's uh uh, considering while we're talking about dance floor tropes, there was the thing with the bass, where I believe it was in the verses they withhold the bass, and then when the chorus it drops back again, and it felt like that that Lonely Island uh, song, like when will the bass drop? Which is a joke now because oh, so yeah. many 
core yeah. pop songs do that, or yeah. at least dance floor songs do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I do got to accept that there's got to be a little bit of self-commentary here. I do think she's making a joke on it. It's just yeah. so subtle because it still feels like it could be one of the pack. Mm. That's my only beef. It's hard to be ironic if people don't know you're being ironic. Yeah. That's yeah. a problem. Or maybe that's the most ironic. ironic. Yeah. I mean, that's like hipster don't levels you? of ironic. I think. I think we should move on. Don't you think? Um, so the next track... That is not an ironic song. That is a coincidental <laughs> song. <laughs> There's nothing ironic about I don't know how to ironic. use the word irony. I cannot tell you Rain what Rain on your wedding is. day is not ironic. It's no, just sad. It is. It's coincidental sad. at best. Yeah. At best. Isn't it a coincidence? That's, Isn't it? That's it. Yes, but that's a lot of syllables. I know. Speaking of in music. The next track, Unconditionally. Unconditionally. Um, this song makes me way. crazy. She sings on the wrong syllable for the I, whole song, the which, whole time. Do you remember which syllable it is? Unconditionally. Unconditionally. Well, that's a hard song. Uh, it's that un. She's, she's, she 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 emphasizes prepositional uh, prepositions. Ah, that makes me crazy. Yeah, no, no, I get what <laughs> you're saying. She does it so much throughout. It's the preposition music. I told this yeah. anecdote before. She doesn't before. emphasize the nouns, the verbs of her actual lyrics that would give emphasis to what's going on. Well, I but that, that that's a hard word to 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 sing on because it like it it is in itself so mm-hmm. emphasized. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Actually, like, it's, a, it's an odd one. I feel like mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing like you know car car. Caribbean, Caribbean. You yeah. can get away with both, technically. Yeah. Tomato, yeah. tomato. Yeah. No, tomato, potato, so. potato. Tomato. Let's call Pot- the whole thing. I was gonna, no, I was gonna go into this uh, diatribe about Handel, but I told it to you before, <laughs> so I guess it's not relevant here necessarily. It's um, anyway. just important that it's 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 odd, but then again, to a different ear, it could not be. Yeah, yeah. I have to it. admit seems like that my ovaries betray me on this song to the point where I'm like. I so, do. I really do enjoy this song. I love it. I, I, so I, I actually is, you can sing it for me. I don't know if I'm hours after. I love it. Yeah. It's got it's, three things going for it. One, it makes very little use of the electronica aspect of her music. Mm-hmm. It it takes a much more uh, acoustic approach to it, even though it's not acoustic. But it's but, got yeah. the synthesized backdrop, and actually, that's something that really did reach out to me because we're not talking an it '80s felt, era thing. We're not talking '90s era thing. It felt more natural. Thing. It, uh, I call it the, the David Siddick-esque backdrop. David Siddick is the guy that does the synth work on TV on the radio, and I, I feel like it's become kind of this thing for 2000s-era songs to have this very ethereal backdrop. It sounds like wispy clouds and whatnot, and I feel that's kind of what she was going for here. So, you and know, also, I'm, not, I'm not hating on that, but it's, it, it has been done before, but it's still positive. But also mm-hmm. that sound, the vastness of that sound, like giving that airiness with that effect, it lends to the idea of loving someone unconditionally. Mm-hmm. This yeah. thing that nothing can change how you feel about a someone is a huge message. Yeah. Ginormous. Yeah. A way I would describe just the tone, tone, though, is as if underwater. Yeah. yeah. But what I'm saying is that, that that feeling is lending to the emotion behind the song. That's, I think, also why it, I like it a lot, is emotionally it's very easy to connect with because of how... It, it, it's breathy and it's big and it's like this is a massive love I have. Yeah. That that was the second point I was gonna make. It's much more natural in the way she's singing. Very little synthesizer going on. Very little auto tuning going on. You're getting a very natural voice, mm-hmm. and that's conveying a lot more of the feeling of what's being sung. And that's number yeah. three. Fair enough. The lyrics. Fair enough. But the that's lyrics. but that's the verse. These are the verses. I gotta say, the second the chorus steps in. It's like another pop anthem, and it takes me away from that whole tone. And that's what I don't like about yeah. this track. Well, as much well, as the melody may be the, nice and whatnot, the, whole the tone th- just kind of 
it, it, it flatlines again. It's the same mm-hmm. flatline, loud, 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 yeah. just kind of forcing it down my throat. But the the, the <laughs> choruses don't take up ninety percent of the song like in this case. Yeah. yeah, this is much more yeah. towards the verse yeah. aspect. I, there's I meaning kind of behind. There's meaning behind the words, even yeah. in the choruses. There's but, well, there's I, a lot more depth to what's being sung I, here. I, I I'm gonna there's... say it's split down the middle, but I do think that when it when it makes that shift, it's kind of it. it I I kind of want to throw up a bit. I just wanted to sit in in the. I want this album to breathe a little bit at this uh, point. Really, I feel like that that whenever she goes up into that upper voice in Unconditional, yeah, I feel like a bird taking flight, and it feels like yeah. she's soaring. All I right. feel like she's suddenly breathing there. And what's I think I is really interesting you. about the song is, oftentimes you'll hear words like "I'm gonna love you forever" yeah. or "I'm gonna love you." Uh, till I die I will but very rarely do you often hear or do you hear an artist say I'm gonna love you no matter what yeah period I'm going and that's a big thing and that's one of those things that you have like when you get married you have to when you enter into a relationship and you you make that commitment to somebody to say to someone no matter what happens here I'm here. Like, and I'm, I like I'm, you're like this is it. Yeah, it's a I like the message. chorus for that reason because like when you when you that. say that you love someone, you want to say it again and again, like all the time. The moment you're like, I love you, I love you. Yeah. You know, it's like that. It's the Cole Porter thing where he just like wrote an entire song. He's like, I love you, I yeah. love you. You know, and just like do it again and again. And I don't mind for the purpose and the story of this song for the chorus to be unconditionally, I love you unconditionally. You know, like reaffirming it again and again, like. That's actually, you know, I'll, I'll you take know. that point. I was, I almost negates an earlier point I had, which is that I was, I was finding fault almost in, in the concept behind singing about unconditional love. I mm-hmm. feel like has been done in a way, but then again, the way you put it made a lot of sense. The fact that you say now not till death, yeah. not to, but to say right. it so broadly yeah. that may be the art right there. Yeah. Well, and also the message, the messages have been similar over the years, but but Mark hit the nail on the head. It's not been said this specifically this way. Yeah, yeah. The, no that I can think what. of. Yeah, yeah, like forever is so ridiculous when you think about it. But, but saying like, that you'll love someone no matter no what, matter what. That's the present. Like, that's whether you some does something happens to you now or something happens to you thirty years from now. I'm still gonna yeah, love you. I'm still, mm-hmm. you know. That's more impactful. I it's, think it's more. Uh, decision based than time based which is nice yes I am going to be a little bit of a hard ass though I have to be just a little bit of a hard ass when it comes to certain lines here because there's this moment oh I believe it's yeah it's actually right following uh, the chorus you might consider it like a chorus part two and it's so open up your heart and just let it begin and then there's this sort of chorus-like, and I do mean chorus as it sounds like there's multiple voices there, open up your heart and just let it begin. Open your heart and just let it begin. I'm sorry about that line. As sweet as it is, it's it's a little little too broad. I think, like, I I can accept your your, your argument in terms of how broad might make it work in terms of the previous chorus, Mm -hmm. but just that line, open up your heart and let it begin, it's just, it's almost meaningless to me at Mm. this point. It's just let it begin, open up your, I I don't know, I'm brought back to, like, old standards at that point you yeah. know just seems like I have other places to go to to get that kind of message at this point I don't know I think where I'm at. I also think I, and I understand the uh, the way you find yourself annoyed with the repetition of the choruses but it's one of the I think it's one of the ways that you hear a song and you walk away and go what was the name of that song? There's, yeah. With every single one of her tracks, it's never a question. Yeah, you because know exactly what the name I, I wonder song if is. it's just like a marketing ploy so that when you I would hear argue it on the that radio, with some tracks later on this album, but for sure. But for the, sure, the, the name of the song is called what? <laughs> I forgot. Even Fair that enough. even that is not really a necessary marketing ploy nowadays. 
Yeah. On your phone, you have half a dozen different ways to figure yes, out a song yeah. that you're listening yeah. to. Yeah. If you're listening on a radio, that's what they're going to say like, before at, and afterwards. At the grocery store or at or in your car. Or if you're listening it on a mobile device, it's going to show the album cover. Oh yeah, you're but, produced yeah. every little bit yeah. of information. I don't. I don't think up. bringing up the technology there should demean the the impact that a song should have. I think it's still a very good measure. Is just by whether you remember the melody or remember the title you know immediately right you know you shouldn't need techno- technology to really help you in that yeah form. but i remember when uh green day made good riddance and everyone called it time of your life and i felt so important knowing knowing that it, it was, was actually, actually called, called good, good riddance, riddance. Yeah. even yeah. though that that it's not even in the uh, in the lyrics themselves those words i like stuff like that don't worry guys we can disagree on this song because we'll all agree on the next one dark horse no, we're not all agreeing. So, uh, featuring Juicy J. So, Juicy J. So, Kitty Purry. My only note. My only note about this song is bad rap is bad and you should feel bad. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, so well, if you're feeling stupid. Bad rap. It's not the only like part of the song. No, it's actually a very yeah, small it, part of the song. Yeah, is it because it feels huge? It, no, it, it does. does. Because yeah. this is the thing. Well, maybe it's because my eye roll is, is huge at that point. Because it's just. Again, I, I, I hate to have to, you know, treat a pop album in terms of its tropes, but sometimes I really just have to point it out. It's it's so common now to just have the featured rap artist, you know, two-thirds of the way through your track, let's have him take over and just sort of have a little a little aside, not necessarily a diatribe, but it's maybe a different way of phrasing the yeah. theme third person, yeah. and then we go right back to the same chorus again. I'm like, just a little what? tired of it. It's, it it's divorced like, from the music. Like he didn't listen to the song. He didn't listen to the song. Yeah, because the, like he just the, wrote it. Yeah, yeah. the verse, yeah. his verse is is actually a very polar opposite to what the rest of the song is about. And Katy Perry's saying, like, I'm very powerful, and I am coming at you like this, this underdog, and you're going to... Be make, under my spell, essentially. Make and me he, your Aphrodite. Yeah, make, and, well, and his and his verse is, I'm I'm going to put her in a coma, which is actually like a very dominating, like male, like taking over the woman, like thing, and it I, really. Yeah, I, I was actually you know, having trouble. With I think that. he meant that he was gonna like fuck her into a coma. Was what that meant. But it's still like the like a, a male dominating a woman when the rest of this song is about I am powerful and I am he, going it's, to it's he that, didn't listen to this. He that's did not, and you, I don't you can't, even, like, reference I don't, Aphrodite in something as yeah. rich as theology. And like and, you can't like, make a powerful so woman cool a villain things. either. Yeah. But he references so angry. Like he calls her Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, just so he's an idiot. you know no wait that, just, and that means the trope is exactly as shallow as I make it out to be it's it's this is this format that we have that has worked well and really hit box uh, well not box office but obviously you know it's hit the top of the charts in previous occasions so let's just use this format and just hand it off and here rapper do what you do it yeah. made as much it doesn't matter whether it's that like Vanessa yeah. Black Friday song it made as much sense yeah yeah but it made as much. Much sense. Here's, here's, unconditional. Uh, she's the a beast. beast. But that's yeah. not that's I call not it. it karma. That's not it. It goes further. Okay. Because in the verses she's so overpowerful. She's such a large, lofty figure. But in the choruses, she's explaining how he's gonna be surprised. Even though from her description, she steps and the earth shakes. Yeah. And everybody will know. Even in the video itself, it's a great way to personify. She's Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. Well, I think People he... in freaking Asia would have known Cleopatra when she was alive. She was that kind of a, a world shaker. But the the courses, the the whole d- idea of the dark horse, 
if I'm not mistaken, was... We looked uh, it up. Yeah, we did yeah, look we, it up, but I'm trying to remember it. It was, uh, was, it was an underdog coming up coming and, and making, and like, taking over. She's not yeah. the underdog. If she's, she's a world yeah. shaker... Yeah, she's, she's already she's the exact a world shaker. antithesis of underdog. That's a really well, good point, I think you go, actually. Mm. I, I don't know if I, dis- I agree with that 100%, though. I still think that at least, you know, on... on at face value, at, bleh, at face value, he's being consistent with the theme. For instance, you end up with things like the fairy tale ending with a knight in shining armor. She can be my Sleeping Beauty. Well, at least she's still on a pedestal. Yeah, there. but the that thing was is the like, pedestal. The, but that's I think not. We're also talking about the I'm, music video again, which yeah. if you don't watch the music video and just listen, she, she's not Cleopatra. She's a dark horse. I sometimes also think that yeah, people I'm just who conceptualize the music videos. They, they don't pay. They don't. They don't yeah. listen to the but song. No, the juicy, I the agree. The verses themselves. I still would. Is, argue that is is not rendering the power to the the Katy Perry dark horse. He is still trying to dominate her in in the lyrics there. You know, or, it's putting him in the position Lambaster. of power. Yeah, yeah. And it, and, and I, uh, I, I dislike that considering that song's all about. I hate to be a Spice Girl, but girl power. You know, like I know you're absolutely right. Like though. she's, you say she's an earth shaker, and then you have this guest verse that makes her sound like she's nothing. A plaything. Well, yeah, a, a, play a thing fairy tale princess. You also I think it's more like just that the moment that I'm gonna put in a coma. I'm, I'm trying to be I'm trying to be real with the lyrics here. I mean, I just think it's it, it goes back and forth. I think the general concept he achieves it. I'm not saying he achieves it well because it will slip back like such in that moment. I still think Sleeping Beauty is somewhat of the pedestal, but then when he breaks away to say, I'm going to put her in a, in a, I'm going to put her in a coma, it's... He thought he was so clever when he did that. I know. So but it probably did. But the, see, that's like, that's kind of like the aside yeah. that you find it's also common. Like the uh, mm-hmm. uh, similes are also very common as just an aside. They really don't have to have any relation to the actual plot point. They're just like little blurbs you throw in there because you have, well, you have a lot of words you can cram into a rap. So might but as well he, throw in But he hardly crammed words into there. No. Yeah, because at one point his were off, like, were very simple. Oh, that's true. It wasn't you know, like was a, speaking, it wasn't like a wasn't flow. It was just yeah. kind of the... Like, the, rappers speak and rap in the same song and that's fine but this guy didn't have enough space to do both he should have just rapped but he did a lot of talking points and it wasn't good either it was like he was talking he could have been talking about making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich oh, I, I just thought that like going and, like went in the fridge got and out I, peanut butter like it's no, just no no well, like, too much like, inflection also, yeah. you, you sound better than he did peanut butter, butter, peanut butter. I don't know because if it's, it's organic peanut butter, butter oh, it's gotta right. go you in got the fridge like the I similar, started up like Jeffrey Dahmer Jeffrey Dahmer also didn't eat women oh wait she eats his heart but he only ate gay people she ride I'm me gay. Like, I can say that it's true. She ride me like a roller coaster. There's another symbol. Yeah, gay people. It made me scared of having sex in the woods. I don't know. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> I, overall, I like this song a lot. I don't like the Juicy J. Guess His first. name is Juicy J. Like, what kind of, that's Gross. the worst rap name ever. I thought Juicy J was a girl, to be honest. Because I was like, of course a girl would want to be juicy. Why would a boy want to be Maybe juicy? Maybe he really liked those juicy juice boxes. Okay, funny story. <gasps> Do you I was think in... it's because of the juicy juice boxes? Maybe. No. I hope it is. I was in the Woodbridge Mall at some point. He's always I've got a juice box. In the Woodbridge <laughs> Mall, I was here with my friend James, and we, we, we found this guy who was selling rap records, right? Or at least we assumed they were his records. We assumed he was trying to, like, market his stuff right there in the mall, right? So he's handing these out, and he, he was asking, 
for like ten dollars originally, and then we figured we could probably get him down to like five and whatnot. I was just feeling generous, you know what? I threw in the five dollars, and he he makes up little names. I was Saucy Steve, and my and James was Juicy J, and that's exactly <gasps> what he used. And I'm wondering now because I never actually heard the artist Juicy Juicy J before, so maybe he actually was pulling it from the artist. But the actual end of the story is that it was not really his music; it was a mix tape. It was a mix yeah. CD of just existing pop tracks. It wasn't even like for the dance floor. It wasn't for anything. It was just nothing. Stuff. So now I have very bad associations with Juicy J. Juicy J. Um, Two and one. Boys can be juicy if they want to. I just you can be want juicy. to be juicy. Yeah, yeah. Don't hold me back as a boy. If I want to be juicy, I damn well will be juicy. Just never wear those shorts, though. The juicy just, shorts? Guys cannot yeah. pull off those shorts. No, Most no, women yeah. can't pull off those shorts. No, I know some guys I can't can pull, pull off those shorts. <laughs> Well, that, then the fact that we, I don't understand why women get offended when I read those shorts. Be whatever adjective you want to be, regardless Juice. of gender. There Juice you is, go. Juice is a, it's a gross word when you say it so much. I was trying to make a joke and then I felt <laughs> Juice. mad about it. I'm getting grossed out. Um, Juicy. And now we move on to a track that I know is one of Chuck's favorite tracks <laughs> because of how ridiculously uh, yeah. terrible it's so it is. It's terrible. I love it. So this it. is a song called This Is How We Do. Which has no meaning whatsoever. None. This is, None this is, this is, no, no, unequivocally, it this actually has meaning. It's this, fiscally responsibility at its finest. But it's, it's clearly, <laughs> it's unignorably a either song parroting Kesha style oh, Katy Perry does Kesha I Miley love it so much or, or Vanessa Black and, and or pirating it like either oh, way she's either parodying so or pirating but either way it's she's so doing that style good. hands down it, it, it does more than that it even she, goes back to like the original Katy Perry this is how we do it yeah, I mean, oh. which was a real old school. This is how we do Montel it. Montel Jordan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, which is, is all about being it. a baller. Yeah, and yeah. before all right, ballers, I'm, I'm, I'm calling it. I'm calling it right my now. Mind right now. No, it's. I hate that concept though. Girls I'm just, can be ballers. I can. Yeah, totally whether be a whether a it's a girl or guy, I don't care. Being a baller is not a fun theme for a track. It's not. It's not a track that I mean. It's an odd concept, which is why I think she's parodying it. Because I hate when music and the entire substance, like all you can possibly attribute to theme is just being a baller. Yeah, it's weak. And no, 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 that's what I'm saying. Does a Kesha impression? Yeah, it's no big. Yeah, that is exactly yeah, how Kesha sounds. Yeah, it's true. And what I like about I love it. Like, I Katy love Perry it. is not she's not infamous in the way that this song says. Right. Yeah. She's not known for being Lindsay Lohan or yeah. you know yeah. what I mean. She's, she doesn't have an ounce she's of dirt She's singing about on her. a false lifestyle. It, precisely. And I mean, yeah, maybe right. she does. Maybe she's just really good about keeping it clean. She's or something, enjoying but. this song essentially about fronting. I big, love it. Big hoops and maroon lips. My clique or my click hopping in my Maserati. Maserati. I mean, gee, yeah. this is just this is. Thick. Yeah, <laughs> with just, uh, like so much fronting. Well, it's just good. grabbing tacos. Well, it's, yeah, it's it's followed up by grabbing tacos, checking, checking out, out hotties. hotties. Ah, tacos. now we're talking. I, I always gotta. I love tacos. Yep. Taco, taco. You know, gotta combine See, the high life yeah. with something really, uh, really down to earth because that's also commonly done in in yeah. Kesha's yeah. music. Um, but then again, it's also been posed that Kesha was was being sort of. Uh, I I don't really buy no. buy this in the slightest. She's like but it's that. been it's been suggested that. That it's she's, just a she's doing. She's doing the ironic thing too. Ironically, that we can't notice that she's being ironic. Oh, yeah. This is getting layered. meta. <laughs> so <laughs> meta. Well, well, the thing I do like about this song, though, but also kind of takes it a little bit away from me, is something Steve brought up. Is this song is incredibly ironic, and I get that she's making fun of a lifestyle that she doesn't live and doing it in a style of song that she would never sing, except yeah. she is singing it. But the problem is this track is so ironic, and not a lot of the others are. That it's kind of like a sore thumb. It's, like, it's well, got the piece de resistance of yeah. ir- irony in this. 
it does the call back, bring back the chorus. No, 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 yeah. I ain't done singing. Bring back the beat. And, and goes into I'm the chorus again. It's yeah. getting a little well, bit ridiculous in music these days. Where you hear people like cheering when she's like, be irresponsible with your rent money and buy bottles Bottle of... service. Absolute. I don't know. But this is this just is... getting a little bit too much. I mean, obviously, just look at how we looked at Kesha here. That's a fine line. Well, maybe Kesha is doing it as a joke, but we all scoffed just now. Yeah, well, but the difference here's is... The thing. With, Car- with Katy Perry, we're pretty sure it's a joke, but yeah, you've got because... to say how far you can really get away with it. Is the t- I mean, obviously, you can get away with whatever you can get away with, but in terms of... Art- t- like, when something is just this endless... Uh, Oh, what do you call it? I want to say, almost kind of the Russian doll sy- syndrome. Matryoshka. Like yeah, let's go with that. That's what they're That's called. That's what they're, they're called. called. Yeah, there you go. Matryoshka. Oh, the, Russian okay. nesting dolls. The nesting yeah. dolls. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Comment in the comment in the comment. It's 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 a little much at that point. You know, why don't you just say what you want to say? I just like that she's got it. She's smart and she's yeah. got a sense of humor, and that's apparent. But it's only really apparent in the song. And there are other moments like in Birthday and and, and other tracks, but it's mostly just here and I just feel like it's kind of out of nowhere well, especially considering course. after this point on the album it gets v- v- very 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 personal and introspective after this yeah. a lot of the songs are very much Ooh. about her and her emotionality I and this the best and, reason for this whole thing and, and if there's a dividing line using the song which I kind of get it just it still seems kind of out the of place. The dividing line, I think, is simply that she probably does really want to go under the radar here. She's not really trying to do a satire album, per se. She still wants it to be accessible. She still wants it to be enjoyed. If she went too far on the satire line like we kind of want her to do in terms of making fun of Kesha, then it would be a Lonely Island track. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but we really like that album. <laughs> we, it's really good. It's true. So then, then maybe that's what she should do. Just... <laughs> break away we, we, but it would be odd for her we fans we recently did their, mo- their most recent album <gasps> yeah, yeah. We, we liked it a lot yeah, we liked yeah. it a lot episode 80 lot. you guys Check also I just saw here that um, Ju- the one of the guys that helps write for Juicy J also helped write for this album which may be why he's on the album Ooh. at all uh, crossover yeah, yeah. yeah. and Kesha yeah. too all the guys that helped write cross, for uh, cross, uh, yeah. my friend represent marketing <laughs> yeah Cross promotion. I said that. You know what's marketing. What's interesting? When Katy Perry first started her career, they were having a hard time figuring. Let's reference her movie again, guys. Here goes. So whenever she, whenever Katy Perry started her career, they were having a hard time finding where she fit in genres. So they were trying out all sorts of different things. And to be honest, of of the four albums of hers that I've heard, I think this is the one that feels like it's it's grasping the most. Like yeah. it can't seem to find a place. Yeah. yeah. And it's one of the hardest things that artists have to deal with these days. Think about when Madonna released Ray of Light. Yeah. Or think about I don't know, like it, you they have to continually reinvent themselves otherwise reviewers get bored with them and they go, "Oh, it's just the same old, I don't know, Thing that they're doing again. Yeah, so they're really. always trying to find in yeah. here. She, she, she's not specific about what she's choosing. She's just yeah. kind of grasping at everything. She's like, her hands um, on. let's go to oh, India. She's just throwing let's... shit at the wall to see what sticks. Considering yeah. well, what you showed yeah. us yeah. about the about the beginning of her work, it started as some kind of crossover Alanis Morris. Yeah, yeah. like very country Avril Lavigne. vibe. Yeah. yeah, and well, not yeah. finding your your place you, leads right up to international smile. Yeah. Oh exactly. my god. Whoa. There we go. This is segways. Segways. I'm loving this. We don't. We that was have... a me segue. You should hate yourself. Yeah. Well, um, you didn't do it. Well, someone had to. Um, I'm gonna start this discussion by saying Katy Perry references Katy Perry. Yeah. Well, now we're does. getting really meta, and <sighs> I don't know. Like it's it's. I mean, emotionally, it's a very interesting song. It's this idea that it starts out talking about you know this person who is doing is solo and enjoying it and doing the best she can, and she's totally happy. And then it slowly devolves into I'm not that happy. I need this someone yeah. else. I need that something else. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't know. There wasn't a lot of standout about the song to me. There was an interesting vocalization of a vo- like a vocalizer on the track towards the end that yeah, I thought that was, was interesting. Really cool. Like because you couldn't tell at one point whether it was we'll, a guitar we'll solo we'll or uh, or or her voice. But I don't know. Just the rest of the song seemed kind of empty and straightforward and. And, and tropey. You yeah. well, you compared this to uh, uh, Chuck. You compared this to Teenage Dream. Was that the track? Yeah. That yeah. the beat was almost relatively the same. The same yeah. Yeah. You can sing them right on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why so Katy Perry references. Herself. The question is, you think it's intentional? Yeah. I, I just think that a lot of a lot of what she's doing on this album in its entirety, um, at least in the beginning, before you get to the the end bit, which is very like emotional and stuff. Um, is is uh, an intentional reference to what she has to do now to like stay relevant and stay on top and stay in the in the scene you know because you listen to the her body of work and you hear what an individual she is in in the first album and how that's her voice and you said she played guitar you know like she's Who musically she inclined that? and the fact that she takes these these tropey songs and she goes you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna troll birthday parties for this song about yeah. birthdays and birthday sex you know and she takes what what is cookie cutter and she she injects it in the way she performs it or the way that she produces it in a video that is like I'm a fucking weirdo and well, I like that. Yeah. It sounds like what we're getting into here is the question as to whether modern music is now becoming this this beast of self-reference or at least referencing something. Yeah. And that is the new phase that she's feeling like she has to go over to in order to be relevant. Well, I know we're now we're talking like a little bit We're getting <laughs> yeah, but layer if you, happy. If you watch most of her music videos, she's coming out of Teenage Dream. Have you? Did you notice in uh, mm-hmm. the one that you were talking about where she's in the labyrinth? Um, uh, at the very beginning of the of that video, she's on the pink cloud, and they're like, "Great job! Let's that, that's a wrap." And again, talking about the movie, I'm sorry, guys, but this teenage dream was really huge for her because on that tour, which if you notice, it was two years until she made the next album. Um, she broke broke up with this person who was supposed to be the man that she was going to spend the rest of her life with. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think that was the reflection of it because she was all over the world. She was traveling everywhere, selling out all over the place, and in the midst of it, she she couldn't keep up a relationship. So yeah, she had the international smile, and I think that's also kind of why you lead into the next song where she's she's she, she, and 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 it's it or literally she, I think he broke up with her in a text message. Yeah, yeah, mm. it's it, the lyric I believe is in the song. Uh, ghost. You know, it's funny yeah, because this ghost. almost takes me back. Takes me back two weeks ago to episode ninety-three, in which we reviewed "Old Boy John" by Dumbfounded, where everything was about the disassociation. Where it was sort of a fourth, fourth wall breaker. You'd know in the music that he is the artist and that he is becoming disassociated, uh, not just from relationships, but also from his friends and whatnot, as the fame just continues to rise. Mm. And I guess I'm kind of almost getting that vibe a little bit here, but especially. Now that we have another theme going in that direction, uh, I, I guess I just kind of want to leave the question open as to how much things can really be self-reference at the end. Mm-hmm. I, I, I personally am a little tired of it, and I think it's a fine line where there was a phase where that was really, really popular. I feel like college, for one thing, is teaching me to, to just reference, reference uh, or identify something that's a little bit metatextual and just mm-hmm. go, oh, it's so brilliant, but it's just a little bit redundant at this point, maybe. I don't know. I kind of just am just looking for content. Like, all this is just sort of dancing around the content, but it's not 
always content. Mm-hmm. Just an idea I'm putting out there. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not decided on it necessarily. I agree with you. Wow, that never that, happens. That was um, he said a lot. And I have I have very and you little tuned to... out halfway through it. No, I, I have nothing of content to bring about international smile. I mean, yeah. what I do what I do like is I mean I can well, I I tend to connect more with emotional songs and and there's more of an inner an internal voice in these next couple of tracks. Yeah. and you yeah, really get it in the next. For. And that's it what you really comes. get in Ghost. Ghost track nine is, I mean, it, it's it's. Her singing about really seeing someone for who they really are. Yeah. You know, and, and the idea of you can look through a ghost because they're translucent and mm-hmm. she can see through that person because yeah, they're cold, like a ghost. Yeah. And, individual. you know. And, well, no, no. I, I take it more of a slant of be, the way they remove themselves from her life. And the fact that they removed well, it's both. It's yeah, in it's the both. lyrics. It's that more so. No, mm. it's both. It's in the lyrics. Yeah, it, yeah it's like, not one or the other. It's both. Vanishing like a vapor is the way they left, and I, like, I can see clearly. I see through you. You know that whole concept of like, this person, were they ever really solid? Were they ever really present? Were they, or were they always that? And now if am I finally kind of, seeing it in hindsight? If it's the kind of person that's gonna break you up and break up with you on a text message. <laughs> Yeah, which is. But, mm. but, I want. I well, want to be like. I detect progression. Asshole for breaking up with me in a text <laughs> message. That was, That's what that song. Fair enough, though. But I, I detect progression that. here because she says clearly something has died. There was once something there, and perhaps yeah, it does have to do with you know her going around the world and not being able to keep up with it. So maybe mm-hmm. there's a little bit of you know it's a two way street. But either way, it's it's she lost something that once was a lot more. Uh, yeah, connected. that was there. Yeah, it's gone. But but two Rest two things. Two Except things. for when she says like you were never alive, but then again that's the way she sees it now in present view. So yeah. Okay, my two things. One once again the courses are longer than the verses. Something I really don't like, and I'm getting tired of. One of the main gripes with pop music is be- that there's so little content, and the verses are how you deliver so mu- a lot more content. You mean musical content or uh, lyrical and vocal content. Mm-hmm. The other thing is. I feel like it's another hash of birthday in style because of the just repetition and expansion of the single metaphor that's being used here. It yeah. just it's just every which but, way she can say you're invisible is being said here. Well, that's cuz that's what that's, the song's was, about. Yeah. Yeah. Your gripe is no, with what the song's no, about. No, no, the, the my gripe is that there's no flavor to it. What do you mean? What my vision 2020. Just that. That there's there's nothing to it. There's so many different ways you can talk about how else she's would, not she's not all that she's never really great at finding the interesting way to say something. Yeah, she tends to just like say it. It's very manufacturally, but it's it's trying to convey that really high emotion. She's trying to hit peaks and valleys while she's singing this. Well, I have an interesting. She, qu- no, no, no. If she manufacturally said it, I could. I could see it going somewhere with that. Oh, okay, but, listen, but wait, no, no, wait. This song would I never work at all, though, if that's the case, because the I entire know, that's... song is bent on on on. The and I also have a point, John. You said that yeah. you don't like how overused the idea of having twenty twenty vision is. Great. Give me another metaphor. No, that no, means no, the same no. Not thing. just twenty twenty vision. Just the vision. The idea of the the vision metaphor. The perfect. When I see, I see, I see his point than, there. Like, talking more about what he did to her. All she does. That's like me going. Your hat is red. Your hat is. Rojo, your hat is blood colored. You're like, wearing she, a red she, she hat. She didn't get like specific. Okay. She didn't it's... tell a story. She just explained that he was a ghost in 19 different ways. I think is what he's trying to say. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. exactly it. I am it's... gonna. I, well, I, well, we're going a little bit around it's here. Kind but of I know I did. A dead I, horse. A little bit. 
a little bit. I see your point, but I also think, mm-hmm. again, that's the purpose of the song, and the so- mm-hmm. song relies on that. But I yeah. am going to uh, to accept your point just on the line, my vision's 2020, because that is not a metaphor. That kind of is just a statement. Yeah. It's a statement. That alone, I, I think, now. has less meaning for me than, for instance, there's a pillow where your head used to sleep. That that has meaning to me. That yeah. obviously is, That you is know. very, like, visceral in the concept. Because everybody's had that moment where you, like, wake oh, up God. and you think someone's going to be there and they're not. Why is the dent still on the pillow? Oh, yeah. it smells like you. An echo where your heart used to be. I yeah. mean, yeah, these things, I, I have no problem that these things get, yeah. repeated, get repeated. But then when you have a line like, my vision's 2020, that almost seems like a little bit of the hip-hop trope. You know, almost like that, you know, here comes, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, I hate him. He's like, so scary. <laughs> but just like bringing in a random thing. It almost seems just as random. Yeah. Like, okay, my vision's 2020. In other words, I can see, but you're not there. That's hammering it home a little bit too far. So mm-hmm. I see a bit of a separator between I, multiple metaphors and hammering home the concept that you're seeing the metaphor. I yeah. admit that I yeah. I like the, the literal ghost references, you know, that he was cold the vapor. Yeah, no, I'm down with that. Well, I know, I know. That's what I want. What did Russell Brandt do to her? You don't learn in the movie. (laughs) How cold is he? (laughs) I need you to calm down. But no, it makes it it kind of cohesive in the fact that you are a ghost. Here is why you are a ghost. You know, and here is something that was alive and now is dead and now is a ghost. You know, I I, I don't know. I just really, I really like the lyrics and and the, the use of what we visualize as a ghost being a person or a relationship. And the way that it haunts you. I like yeah. the I mean, metaphors. I think the word itself is so, has so much in it. That's true. When you hear it, you're That's like, true. ooh. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think those metaphors really, really hit it home. I, I think my only problem is maybe the words in between. The lines in between yeah. the metaphors are the weak part of this song. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes she can just kind of get very down to you know when i when i look back never would have known that you know it's it kind of goes back and forth between the 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 straightforward um the face value and then on the yeah, other hand the metaphor yeah. it's like someone trying to be in a creative writing class for the first time exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly yeah you know, that's like, a good way to put it spring is warm here is <laughs> but but it's undeniable though that this song is way more emotional than all the earlier yeah. tracks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like she's it's getting much more heartfelt, yeah. 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 personal. And you can feel it in her voice and yeah. the way that she's using it. And last, last but not least, music. I've just got to say this chord progression here was just absolutely tiring. A lot more was yeah. done in the previous tracks. This was just the same old four four chord progression. It was a little eighty sounding, which I guess kind of makes it consistent with previous tracks, but not to any unique degree. Yeah. So I have very little to say about the music, uh, except that the emotional tone was, I guess, fitting. That's yeah. about mm-hmm. it. But, yeah. you know, it's not you know, difficult. What's, what's interesting is, like, the album felt longer than it is. Yes, I agree. <laughs> it's only 13 <laughs> tracks. Yeah. Really? Because where, where Teenage Dream was, like, 20, I think, there was it was some crazy number of tracks. But this yeah. was only 13, and I swear, it felt like 30. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to the next track, Love Me. So this song, for me, I musically I didn't know whether I loved it or hated it, but emotionally and message-wise, this song hit home really hard. This mm-hmm. was another song like where that. the verses were just great musically and the choruses plateaued. But I like this idea of not a lot of pop stars will sing about learning to love themselves before loving other people. people. The only other oh, one I can yeah. reference immediately is Pink. Always talks about oh, like her song "Don't so Let good. Me Get Me." Oh. Like 
she sings about how she can barely love herself, guys, so how would anyone else? These guys wrote for Pink, too. No, yeah, but that's mm-hmm. just it. Weird. And but why are they giving Pink all those songs? Because, because Pink picks those baller. songs. And she's amazing. <laughs> it's, then it's Katie a, it's should pick some of those songs, because this yeah. worked I'm out great. I'm not kidding. Um, the, the song uh, uh, We Can't Stop was written for Rihanna, and Miley went, nope, I want it. And she took it, because yep. she wanted something Miley. that's happening. Wow. Yeah. That's Ta-da. Think about I've if Rihanna Miley's had nipples. done We Can't Stop. It probably would be a lot better. Yeah, I love We Can't Stop. Though. I don't I even that know song. that song. I do. I feel like I've seen Ooh, Miley's I nipples more. I do gotta say, the concept of just sort of picking from from a hat right there is a little yeah. bit irritating. It depersonalizes uh, it for me the yeah. second I hear about it. Well, those kinds of things also kind of get pushed on you by your label. Yeah. True. Yeah. But I feel like these 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 selections of songs, like at the end, I think if they were like, here's some songs out of a hat... I think Katie had emotional connections to these songs, and well, that's why she chose them. There were some interesting choices here. If that's the, way the she case, was, I mean. Yeah. True. Which it could. Just in the way she was singing quickly, and I think this was your comment, Mark. You mentioned how uh, her sing- singing style here had sort of a, a strong weak, uh, strong weak on the syllable, on the syllabolic uh, pattern. I think this was like the track, which it was almost like that throughout. Although I forget, it could have been just the verses and not the choruses and whatnot. It was interesting. I don't, I don't remember whether our consensus was that it was annoying at sometimes, but I don't know why I, don't know. I find it so. Un- I uh, enjoyed it annoying. a lot more than it, uh, <laughs> than when it occurred annoying? earlier. Annoying. Um, annoying. Oh, I like that question. Annoying. She wasn't just emphasizing. <laughs> you can keep that one. No, the, the thing was, she wasn't just emphasizing uh, the. And stuff like that, which was what kind of bothered earlier. Yeah. yeah. She was yeah. actually emphasizing no, strange words. No, like, if, I re- the if I remember, it was like, song. I lost myself in fear of losing it. I lost myself in fear of... It was very much like, it felt like an iambic pentameter kind of thing. Mm. I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah. I and, like Shakespeare. And, and again... But that's, yeah. I love that line also. I lost myself... I lost myself in fear of losing, losing you. you. Well, there's a lot you. of great yeah. lines in this. Yeah. this one, I wish I didn't do, but I did. And also, yeah. that's yeah. why I think I really like it. Even if it was a song plucked out of a hat written by someone else, she makes yeah. it her she own here. Yeah. And again, it's not... I'm even happy that a record label put out a song like this, because record labels rarely want you to talk about the reality of self-image. Yeah. It's usually, everyone's pretty, everyone's great, look at all these pretty people we yeah. put on albums. Mm. This was very much self-reflective. Sex, and sex, I, sex, fiscal irresponsibility. The thing with Katy Perry is she's so stunningly beautiful that matter what she does visually she's gone that's always going to be what she is yeah yeah she she's says she's so such a classic like shapely like curvy sexy woman i don't know that she she doesn't have to work for that ever no, no yeah. yeah but there's a difference it's a, between it's a like classic style definitely mm-hmm. but if we're if we're talking about like loving yourself like because you're attractive it's not about loving what's on the outside it's, this song is about loving what's in, in, in as well too, yeah like loving every harder. everything about you yeah, yeah let's, like I had a, I had a therapist break apart course. a few of these lyrics here just quickly because there are especially when you, you pointed out to me Mark they're, they're, it's it, it, this is one of the more unique messages I think on this entire album mm-hmm. let me just read that whole stanza I lost myself in fear of losing you I wish I didn't do but I did I lost my own my no, my own identity forgot that you picked me for me that's that's pretty sweet, and even yeah. beginning in the next line. But now I don't negotiate with insecurities. That I let my hair line. This the is whole a song. unique message. The concept, yeah, I just got the concept yeah. of being just at the tail end of your relationship prior to a breakup taking place, when everything is just a little bit dicey. You know, yeah. you don't quite know who you are. You're you're sort of shifting from your. You're making decisions that you otherwise may not have made. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's 
it, this is a unique message. Mm. This is not something that gets talked about, you know, 24-7 in, in love music. This is not the same thing to me, for instance, as unconditionally. Unconditionally is a timeless message. You can tell me in any number of ways. It's not going to affect me the same way that it may have affected me the first time I heard it, or if it were stated differently. But this, this is in of itself. This, this I could hone this down as Katy Perry's. Regardless of the fact that maybe the lyrics were written by someone else and the song could yeah. have gone to someone else, she, she you got to treat the lyrics for the lyrics. Apparently. Like yeah, allegedly, she, she, she does. It says it on the top of yeah. the... She's That's, always the first writer on... The, there is a, one line I really want to talk about in the chorus. I'll be the one defining who I'm going to be. No concealing feelings or changing seasonally. I'm going to love myself the way I want you to love me. It's that right there. I'm the one defining myself. No concealing feelings or changing seasonally. Right. The this is a of changing lot. yourself for another. It's one metaphor. Textually, it's a lot more yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This right there explains my issues with previous But there was a previous tracks. song. Yeah, with, that. Right yeah. there. That There's more content right there than I found in Birthday. Yeah. Well, no. yeah, I mean, and I get that. Birthday's yeah. a boner song. Yeah, birthday. Well, no, regardless of what song. they're actually trying to talk about, <laughs> yeah. content. I mean, in in, <laughs> in the ideas presented, there's yeah. more content in yeah. just those yeah. three ideas than in all birthday for me. Like whenever you hear the line, because I think I'm I'm interpreting it differently. That that first line to me sounds like somebody who's changed themselves for someone else in the sense of like. You like karate movies, so I like karate movies, and in doing that, right. I, I adopt your I, like. I adopt yeah. your interest. Is, is that how you guys see yeah. it? No, I, it I, is. Yeah. It definitely okay, is. Good. I just wanted yeah, to make sure. That's, yeah. Okay. The cut, like, it's, you know, it's really, really interesting subject matter because it really hones in on how much you should change yourself, if you should change yourself at all. Now, a good message is probably well, don't change yourself at all. But at the same time, there's always that feeling like, well, you know, if you love me. You know, or if I love yeah. you, well, there's going to be a little bit of natural inclination yeah, to like, kind of appease. Oh, but yeah. how well, far but should that go? Someone. Yeah, like, exactly. Like finding Taking someone's an interest in someone's interest. Exactly, because no one is no one is identical, right? So it's it you almost you eat poached eggs, so I'm going to eat poached eggs, even though I personally like scrambled eggs. Exactly. Like, Sunny side up here. Yeah, I got runaway bright on that. Oh. <laughs> poached is best. I poached is I do like poached. Best. I had Internet poached eggs poached today eggs. for breakfast. It's very hard for me to find. Mm. Yeah, but you can't. You gotta like no. swirl the water. Yeah, it's a tricky, put it yeah. in. tricky it's, thing. It's not it's, that tricky. It's not know. just food. It's magic and science. It is. It's it is magic and yeah, science. Yeah, but it's hard you, to put a poached egg into a breakfast. I've meal, had which diners. Is what I truly love. Diners would not uh, poach eggs for me. Yeah, you wouldn't I've want asked that. And they wouldn't no. do Cafe Edison will poach an egg. I like a sandwich so with like Cafe with, too. The, with the mm. yolk still soft. I like it like exploding all over my hands and face. Then you do you poach, but I love. Just I love. Uh, I just. <laughs> you like all those juices exploding just all over like, you. Just like kind of shooting out. We're going to a very interesting place. Let's talk about birthdays. Let's, yeah. let's, let's go back. Obviously, I'm getting let's hungry. Let's revisit birthday for the sake yeah. of it. Let's, let's move on to this moment, track 11. Yeah. So this one, I don't really have a lot to say about. Otherwise, I mean, it was very a face value song. Even though... I, got, I got it. Katy Perry does Kelly Clarkson. There you go. I wrote, I wrote, I've got one thing. <laughs> all the time. Uh, it had piano in it. Yeah. Which was uh-huh. nice. It was sweet, mm-hmm. it was heartfelt, it was very face value. It was, yeah. it was the, nice. My problem with it was it started playing when we listened to it and I was like, I don't remember this song. Like, yeah. I didn't, I could not remember it. Well, it and, was a ballad a, coming out of a ballad, that, which yeah, I think is part which of the is problem. Which is kind of, mm. to be honest, That's like, if we're going to, like, wrap up this album, I actually have, like, a, an interesting point about the, the organization of this. But, yeah, it, I mean, in in the concept of being listenable, it's not great to put a ballad next to a ballad, but there's a reason, I think, and I want to talk about it later, and when okay. we get through everything. Okay. 
Okay. Um, I'm maybe making the same point as you. Yeah. Save that wrap up then. Um, uh, otherwise, yeah, we're this talking. This song, there's a not a lot to say. Again, uh, but this has kind of been done to death. I'm detecting kind of a vague '80s influence here. Yeah. Uh, this the the rhythm here was somewhat different than what we've had earlier. It's the sort of circular, steady guitar background. It felt very cyclical to me, um, which is almost a little bit hypnotic. We're not not short of slightly hypnotic moments on this album, but other than that, it kind of made me forget the lyrics themselves. You know, yeah. it's, it's they didn't stand out that it. much. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, like I had very little to say about this song, and even less to say about the next one. Except though that in the choruses, there's sort of a strong break here where everything just kind of like pulls away. Mm-hmm. All that, all the the um the the guitar, the the background, the, that rhythm, it just pulls away and it's just acapella at that point, well, yeah. nearly acapella, maybe with synth, but it's uh again those juxtaposed moments. I kind of feel like she could have sat in one or the other, probably would have had more power that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Personally. Um, does anyone else have anything else to say about this song? Because I do not. Nope. No. Okay. Moving on to Double Rainbow. All I wrote for this song is Blarg. Okay. Because, yeah. like, I want to take the lead on this. Please do. Because I really am upset at some of the lyrics. Okay, yeah. why? Because not only are they weak metaphors, they're bad metaphors. And Please does, elaborate. No, a code that clicks open a gold mine. What? A gold mine. No. A gold mine is a place that you walk into to mine gold. That's not where they keep all the nice processed gold that would be under lock and key. So right there. Scrooge McDuck's vault. Right there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Made to fit like a fingerprint. Fingerprints are not made to fit someone. They're made to individualize. Like, like they obviously don't understand what they're writing about Wait, wait, wait. Keep reading. I have a theory. Keep reading lyrics. They say one man's trash is another man's treasure. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, well that's so, just a that's just a cliche. Yes. When I found you, it was all pitter patter. Got one. Another cliche. Yeah. Because you're brighter than all of the nor- northern lights. Which northern is lights are not dim. really that bright. They're yeah. really okay. dim. They're eerie. They're, They're beautiful. beautiful. But you yeah. could say you're more beautiful. Baking no, no, the more brighter is but, not going to yeah, improve the northern lights. But, but I'm starting to get a pattern here. None of the metaphors make sense. No. <laughs> no. Some so of them. Bad. Some of them actually can. But no, but I think, I'm starting to think it was intentional. A song's called Double Rainbow, and the, she doesn't mention a double rainbow. Yes, she does. Does she? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, in oh, the chorus. It's in the chorus? Yeah. Because a double rainbow is hard to find. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, like a double rainbow I don't know, sky. I'm starting to think that these terrible metaphors were on purpose. Why else would she have a song filled with them? Okay, no. Maybe. It was deafening, loud like lightning, which is not sound at all. Come on. Come on. This has to be. Come on. Okay, here's the thing about this. This is just poorly written. I see this track title, and I instantly think of the the Gregory Brothers auto-tuned the guy in Yosemite who found a double rainbow. And I... I love things that, like, are references. I'm super into meta. It's why I kind of <laughs> like a lot of what she's doing here. But I think this one was uh, a bad choice because it is a reference to something that is actually a lot better than what you're doing. And and I think that this was the weakest thing on the entire album. Um, it's forgettable. It's poorly written. It's referencing something that's obviously better 
um, with the whole, like, even the YouTube video of the guy freaking out at the double rainbow. What does it mean? What does it mean? It's so bright. It's so vivid. You know what? He's actually describing something very well there because it is bright. It is vivid. And he's crying. And he's crying. And honestly, I couldn't feel that emotion. And I, there's more emotion there. By no no means. I'm with you on the whole meta thing. But then for, you know, you learn, I suppose, at a certain point to kind of draw the line and and realize when, when, realize when to call BS. Yeah. This is the line here. I think this is the, this is, this yeah. is the here and no further. I appreciate. I appreciate me. when when it's uh, when it shows a certain level of genius to sort yeah. of see the larger like, picture, see the forest for the tree. But I'm but. By, I'm by no means trying to defend this track. I just think that the terrible metaphors are so bad that has to have been written intentionally. All right. Well, I was, I was yeah. gonna. I was gonna. You know. Because claiming that lightning makes a sound, she's not even that dumb. There's no, no way. There's no way. No, it was deafening, loud like like it, loud yeah. like lightning. It was striking. Like <laughs> I just feel like it has I guess to be intentional. I don't no. know why, no, no, but I it have, has to be. I have further points. The vocals are easly, easily the weakest on the entire. Album. I agree. Mm-hmm. She sounds. I'm not dead saying bad. that she's making a she bad song. She's singing second, in that though. lower register. She's which really I don't know who's uninvested in this song. Yeah. I don't know whose point I'm arguing for at this point, um, but You're loud like lightning is actually, because the lightning does make the sound. We call it thunder, but it is the lightning making the sound. It's the static. Maybe just to say loud like lightning, it was striking is maybe the only reason she went maybe. with that line. But in which case, then maybe it's not arguing for you, it's more arguing for them. Which is fine, but I just don't think that Katy Perry, a person who clearly has a brain and has done some intelligent things, would make a song of metaphors that don't make sense at all. I know. The way she's yeah. singing, the obvious disinterest she has in this song, this might have been just one that was fostered upon her. Right. Yeah. I don't think she's do. doing but it. I can't imagine you would spend hours in the studio and not go, wait a minute. minute. There's something wrong with this. Like, she might have just had to sing this. Yeah. Yeah. It could be right. It, it, I just know. Either way, I'll agree. It is the worst song on the album, hands down, easily. Mm-hmm. It, there's nothing worse than this song. Because even Birthday, it's it, candy. It's, it's still It's still fun. This is like, what is it? Uh, like a like a Charleston chew or something. Like it's a candy that's it's not. It's a sugar good. daddy. It's a, it's a sugar. Yeah, thank you. That's the one. Those I are the nastiest Ooh. candies I've ever. Like like anise. I don't like those. Oh, black licorice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, or um, or what's the one that tastes like chalk? The 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 the, the, oh, the wafer. The, Necco, the wafer. Necco wafers. This those are my the, dad's this, favorite candy. If, if wow. This is the Necco wafer of pop music. On here was a was a candy that would be a Necco wafer. This is the Necco wafer. This is the Necco wafer of music. music. Well, that's no. true, and that's the thing, Matt. No, I mean, no. Matt, no, Matt, 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 Matt. What? Even if it, even if you're right, oh, I love candy. this I like comes candy down to the thing: the you got to go balls to the wall or not. But this this didn't even come close to going balls to the wall. Listen, right. the candy corn of music would probably be like those are nice corn. Four different Hannah Montana, just no, like sugary, no. sweet, hmm. really bad for you. No, this is an echo wafer because it's bland and it's chalky and it sucks. It serves no purpose, not even to like. Well, what about the Guilt. dots that are on the paper that you actually have to chew the paper when you're eating the dots? You you have to soak that in water first. Yeah, that was the trick. But it dissolves the sugar. Yeah. It makes the colors run. These colors That's don't run. I, I I don't I don't make candy. I write music. 
that's true. You do. Um, moving on to the final track. Let's, I guess, record. make your opinion on this more valid. So let's go to track thirteen. Thirteen is by the grace of God. Therefore, but for the grace I of think, God, go I. I think this is one of. I, I would say this is the best sung song on the album. Yeah, I, I, her I voice see, sounds like, great. She wouldn't this have to her... move around a bunch, which I know seeing her live, she does not sing well when she has to move. Right. Mm-hmm. Because she has to sing all those high notes, and then they have her flopping all well, over the place. Yeah. yeah. And so this was like a nice like. She sits like, on the stool yeah. on the stage in the like the pinpoint spotlight. And I like she says she rests, she focuses. Yeah. I like the fact that it's a, the final track is a ballad, and this one is again. I agree that her vocals have not sound better on the record except for yeah, this, this song. One, like, she sounds... and uh, th- uses instrument choices instead of going with all of the hyper technology, mm-hmm. overly synthy stuff. She's got a snare drum in this. She's got a piano in this. It's much more stripped down. The, p- the snare drum is staggered, and I'm I'm kind of go back and forth on that because that sort of goes back to that military theme, which I think is a little bit of a trope, but it's staggered. It doesn't come yeah, until later not in the, the track, whole song. and I'm not yeah. going to gripe on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All in all, I think it's a it's a good conclusionary track because it kind of, you know, she's still singing from the heart. It's a little more stripped down. It's more yeah. bare, and she's singing about you know, some more personal stuff. Yeah. But so. it's more of a, it's kind of like a rehash of Love Me. Mm, I think the Love Me of, still had a ton of tech in it. No, no, this itself, I mean, I mean, uh, lyrically and message-wise, it's kind of a rehash of Love Me. How so? The, the whole idea, I pick myself up, I put one foot in front of the other, it's saying that self, that same idea of well, no, self-affirming but, your worth. Yeah, but this is more about moving on and moving forward than just loving herself. This yeah, is no, about loving everything and moving forward. It's more, it's broader than it's, Love Me was. It's, it's hippie, much broader. I love me... Let me bring that to to, the, to other the people. Universe. Yeah, it's more yeah. broad than Love Me was. That's yeah. where I think it loses some of the power of Love Me. No, because I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even put this in the same ball field, emotionally or or lyrically. I mean, well, I Love mean, Me felt personal. It felt heartbreaking. Hmm. This this feels like more anthemy. Well, it's supposed oh, to yeah. be. Well, that's it is an anthem. Thing. That's the problem. It's, no, it's that's the, the song. No, but as, it draws away said, from the, that emotion. The march, uh, the march drum. Oh, yeah, the march the drum. Yeah. You can feel yeah. her climbing back on her way yeah, to the top. You yeah. know They're that. different messages. You're trying to mix messages that aren't going together. This also, is a song about moving forward, also moving on, really, and inspiring yeah, really others. take the title, mm-hmm. By the Grace of God, which often means that you had no say in the matter. It's almost like by chance that you had you were able to pick yourself up and go along. So that also kind of takes away like it does take away a little bit of the personal struggle involved but of course there's personal struggle there but sometimes you're you're a victim of circumstance yeah sometimes it's just you know hanging around people that were you know more lighthearted who could drag you up but yeah. it's not always just this you know personal strife thing but the fact that she portrays that as such coming out of the ballad actually is is pretty it links up pretty well yeah i yeah. agree i agree a lot all right, well, that's Prism by Katy Perry. Um, which of the actual hosts of the podcast want to start off our wrap-up? We let the guests go last. And so you two will have to fight to the death on which of Afterbirth Monkey gets uh, to go Yeah, we have no rules on that. The sorry. whole thing in tandem? Uh, are you talking? Are we smart? No. <laughs> are we I actually, like, I that actually have a, a, an interesting wrap-up thing. If, if one of these lovely gentlemen don't hit it before I do. Okay. I, I'll, I'll, I'll start. Okay, good. I'll, I'll start. I was um, going to volunteer. No, no. Well, no. I mean, uh, no, you already volunteered. No, it's fine. I'm happy to wrap we this album up. We need a snare drum. I mean, my r- the, the problem with rating pop music is it's th- this whole al- this album as a whole. I like less than individual tracks on their own merits. It feels very compilationy to me. Um, 
but I like Katy Perry. I mean, I've always kind of liked Katy Perry, if for no other reason than every one of her songs gets stuck in my head. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. They're all catchy. I enjoy all of them. I mean, the only track I really didn't enjoy on this record was Double, Double Rainbow. Because yeah. even Dark Horse, I hated the rap. It was awful. But the verses, I still liked. Yeah. There was something I could pull from it. And, and ultimately... We did not give the musical content very much justice on that track. I yeah. do have a aside oh, for that. Killer. Because we, we, we only talked about the rap. Yeah, right. we're so mm-hmm. mad. But, but um, like... <laughs> A lot of pop records for me started a three. They're completely boringly average. And this isn't boring by any standard. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not average either. She's trying something a little different. But my biggest thing about how it kind of falls short from going to the higher echelon is what Mark said earlier. It feels like Katy Perry no longer has a grip on Katy Perry. She's trying to grasp at other things. Whether it was ironic or not, it's not so obviously ironic that we can completely acknowledge it. She's grabbing at so many other genres and styles and even other emulating other pop artists that you kind of lose Katy Perry in this. The second half of the album is very distinctly her and her message and very personal. Honestly, from 8 to 13, I wanted that album. Roar could fit in that too. Roar is very personal. But a lot of the other tracks were very kind of filled with bubblegum and, mm-hmm. and, and candy and, and junk. And I want a personal record. Like, one of the reasons I love Beyonce's new record so much is because it's completely 100% personal. Even though she doesn't always hit the mark on every track, it's 100% her and it's impossible to fault somebody who does that. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to fault someone for pouring their heart out into an album. And she does it here in points, but not enough. For me, this is a solid above average record. This is a 3-5 for me. It's not average because she does do some interesting things, but it's nowhere near a 4 or a 5 because she still lost a lot of Katy Perry in doing other stuff. And also, after hearing, what was it, Thinking of You? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That track is so good on her on her second record that I know she's capable of better. And when an artist shows me they're capable of better and then they don't get anywhere near it, that's a bummer to me. Yeah. Um, she's talented. She's definitely smart. She shows that in her music video. She's got a good sense of humor. And just a lot of her got lost in this record. A lot of it very much succumbed to the pop industry until the tail end. So it's a 3-5 for me. This... Okay, my expectations were real low. Because I knew most of the songs coming in... Well, not most. I knew a lot of the songs coming into this. But it's got a pop name, a pop label, and a pop slant. I wasn't expecting a lot. My expectations were, in fact, exceeded, but only in spurts. I mean, the entire album is just such a mishmash of ideas and stylistic choices and message. Uh, There's no real cohesive theme. It's two two major setups here, and it is distinctly half one album, half another. There's no real arc to any of the actual artistic choices it's it's randomized you could throw this on shuffle and probably get a better experience because it would spread out the introspective ideas with the you know over the blown mostly sexual ideas i could live with that yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) i might be able to live with that too but not in the long term because there's a lot of songs in here i just dislike not even think are okay or just or you know average but honestly dislike um, Ghost was one of them and I hate to say that but Ghost Birthday Legendary Lovers yeah they were it, something was being sought after here but 
really missed the mark of what I I would have uh, would have really liked. And this is how we do. <laughs> so bad. It was it was a, a trope, a solid trope. But that was intentional. That was, that was intentional. Solid on it being an intentional trope. Yeah, I didn't See, didn't but, like it. I really didn't like it. And it's mostly because. Maybe she didn't go tropey enough, or maybe mm-hmm. there was just a, enough of a hint of the seriousness of what she was trying to say that I couldn't take it the full force that it maybe it was going for. And that's that's what it is. I mean, if these ideas here being presented here are supposed to be satires or ironic or something like that, or if they're supposed to be serious, she doesn't go for one or the other. She keeps going for both in just so much of this album. Now, even the best songs, which I really think that Unconditionally is pretty pretty solid, um, and Love Me, and even By the Grace of God, is are both extremely solid tracks. I'm still going, oh, but the, the choruses are just so unimpactful. I want more verse work. And the composition of these songs is very heavily chorus work, which means I'm getting a lot of very simple, kind of standardized pop beats. It's a solid three. Because there's, there's, it's, it is very, very average. Ideas went awry, but I have to give her credit for give, for going after some of these ideas. I think a commitment to these ideas would serve her best. Because especially some of her very early work, when she, uh, Katie Hudson, wow, that was so much more in-depth per song because it was just pure commitment to a solid idea. This, this is, even the, the depths are just kind of sugary depths. All right, I think you both you made pretty good points on this, so I'll try to say what uh, hasn't been said. Um, I think there are, there are a couple of directions that she went with went to within this album and I think there's a couple of things that a listener could glean from the album itself obviously she's at her best when she is making some kind of statement and I think we've identified several points in which we're pretty damn clear she's making that statement we, we've seen the metaphors, we've seen the, uh, the, the tropes that are clearly intentional and whatnot and I think uh, number one with that is, is the track in which she's um, uh, imitating Kesha um and then beyond that, then there's another category in which you're just clearly looking for kind of good pop music. For me, honestly, Legendary Lovers is really, really high for that, uh, for that exact fact. Those two mo- those three moments that we pointed out kind of comprise what I, the, the staggered reveals that I like to get in a pop song. You know, ooh, interesting thing in the intro, those triplets. Ooh, interesting thing in the, uh, in the, in the chorus with those accents, the, the, that falsetto, that's still stuck in my head. I'll probably have it stuck in my head for weeks, to be honest, because it's beautiful. It's when she's at her best, when she just goes for it. And then, of course, finally, the instrumentals, which for the rest of the album is sorely lacking. At least it's there in Legendary Lovers. That's easily my favorite song, just on the musical front. Not going so far as to say message or anything, but that's another category. So we've got two categories now. And then, finally, the... Uh, Actually, I can't think of a third category. Come to think of it, those are really only two things I'm looking for in a Katy Perry album. Um, it's 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 either music or message. So I, I'm gonna go back to to something we reviewed once back in episode 41, uh, One Republic's 
native. They're looking incredulous. He's Rain Man when it comes oh to. I know. I'm so impressed with it. I, you've yeah. been doing I, it the whole show, I and I'm just like, I've, I've told Steve that, and it's not a slight on Steve. I'm going to be excited for the day that we've made so many episodes that he can't do it because I'm hoping we'll be hit that next level by then. Holy That's shit! But who knows? Oh, but he's been doing it so far, and we're almost at the hundred. We can't even remember what episode we're on over at the podcast. Like, and you guys do it like once a that month. One? Six. <laughs> we drink a lot Two. of beer, though. But anyway, your point about <laughs> One Republic. Okay, yeah. so the point about One Republic, I think, is a little bit important here, because <laughs> One Republic was a sort of newcomer. I mean, obviously not as big as Katy Perry, but One Republic were pretty big within a certain circle, and they also churned out fairly average pop music, and we gave that album a really, really average rating, which hovered around the three range. For me personally, I think I recall my rating, too, which is a, a, another uh, tantamount to Rain Man, and that was 2.9. I gave that album a 2.9 for the reason that I didn't think it quite achieved a 3 because I feel like it needed to be a little bit more well-rounded or it needed to be more focused in one way or the other. It needed to focus on the musical front or it needed to focus on the message front. And we were finding the messages really, really kind of wispy and weak and generic love messages, which I honestly think that this album exceeds. I think that this, mes- this, this album goes farther. Granted, it's not uniformed, but it does go farther. There are songs where I'm actually very, very impressed by what she's trying to say, but also songs where she retreats back into safe pop generica. Mm. And then there is the music uh, realm. I honestly think I recall the One Republic album being better produced than this. It was a little bit more intricate, although it didn't say much because we were lacking something in the in the message department. I'm, here, I'm... eh. It's, granted, we might get a little bit more variety here. They had their own sound, um, but even that itself is another thing. I kind of am looking for a Katy Perry sound, which it's so far, I don't really see. Like, I think I would actually have to struggle within this album to really identify her personality or her identity as an artist, which, to be blunt, it kind of diminishes uh, her her stardom a little mm-hmm. bit because I want to see more something more unique to this major, you know, money draw. Yeah. And that's... Uh, I think with that balance in the way in which I said One Republic was a little bit better in this department, a little worse in this department, I'm giving the same exact rating, 2.9. No. Just shy of 3. Um, I, I've followed Katy Perry for a, like a long time. I didn't know her before she was that initial album. But I, what I did learn with the movie was just that... <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, don't apologize. Was just that, apologize like, that maybe, one of the really difficult things with her career has been the fact that the thing that was her, that that Alanis Morissette thing that she that was what she grew up with and inspired her did not make her any money it did not make her successful she could not break into the scene mm-hmm. so whenever they released that first album uh, with I Kissed a Girl on the album she, she said specifically she goes this is going to be the she did not let record producers choose what song she was going to put out first right. she said this is the single and everybody was all freaked out because it was it was kind of very like oh gay people and oh a girl kissing a girl just being experimental because people don't do that where either where it's all very very black and white and she's like no I'm releasing this and it and it blew her up so suddenly she she pigeonholed herself into the place of having to be shock value yeah which is what she writes sometimes and I think I think that they're actually like listening to the way you guys talked about it I think there actually is a structure to the album mm-hmm. in that. And in the same way that the music videos do this thing where she comes out she comes out of Teenage Dream 
with and, and I think the first half of the album the reason why it feels so disjointed is because it actually is a story possibly of her music that she did with Teenage Dream into the breakup with Russell yeah. which then turned into these these ballads about about like so yeah these they were pop, just pop like for if for a pop album I think the the third section that you're missing is danceability mm. and that is one of the things that if you don't dance you don't know it but if you go to clubs and you dance, or if you dance in the shower and you throw a song on, the the whole first half of this album had that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it and it's it's and the songs it also if you listen for a melody line, they are really interesting. It's not a good thing to say because I do think lyrically she's a little too obvious sometimes. But for danceability with with, with the first several, for the song that you can cry to, that existed in there. Because even though the lyric is simple and not always, not always smart, it it's still you can still relate to it, mm-hmm. and you still get goosebumps when you hear it. I I think that she'd be really well served to stop repeating her choruses like almost twice at the end of the song. <laughs> yeah. Just just it, the song doesn't need to be three and a half four minutes long. We thirteen tracks and it took us like an hour to listen through the whole darn thing. Mm-hmm. It's like cut your song down, release those choruses. Don't like. But we require, for some reason, the, the music industry requires that. Well, it's, it's that. remixable. Like, to have the chorus That's be true. so repetitive, you can remix it. Yeah. Those, Sorry I interrupted. Those really but... pretty piano ballads are going to have some techno beat under them, and we're all going to be getting <laughs> sweaty and dancing to them at the mm-hmm. um, But And also, some of the, the promo material that she did for that album was her pulling off that blue wig and catching it on fire. Like she, she, it, and it was her saying like I'm stripping this off, and I think that rather than assuming that the strip happened at the very beginning, I think the strip happened in the middle towards the end. Which is why it becomes more personal towards the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she talks about it. She said like uh, in interviews and things that like there were that that final song was getting up off the bathroom floor contemplating suicide. You know, like well, I don't know what the hell is so great about Russell Brand. I definitely saw that in the lyrics. I definitely saw that exact thing in the lyrics. Yeah. But I, I just just not to like uh, uh, fight against you, but you have all that information because you're a huge fan, and you actually know this history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know any of that, yeah. so I could not relate that. But I also think you it's very important rarely... for him to put this in though, in terms of him interpreting interpreting yeah. it as a discography, uh, as a reference to previous discography, does enhance meaning sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I definitely I think, see, I think it's very I... appropriate for you to give a rating. Uh, I also to that think degree. The only with the invention of Spotify, and actually physically buying the antiquated CD now at this point, you never listen to it in, in, its entirety. You never take an album and you listen to the whole thing. Yeah. On Pandora does it. It's a mix every time, and so we, as, we would condemn that obviously. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> but, but do you know what I mean? I mean, I think it's important. Well, yeah, to you know guys that. are the exception. I, absolutely, and several like, people do do it, but I just mean yeah. in in my car they're. Not, Whatever the radio station Z one hundred is not going to be like, and now Prism. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So as single stories, they're fun. They make rare. you bop around in the car, and yeah. you want to. I, I I literally want to get blowjobs when I hear that birthday song. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of that. You shouldn't be. And so where do dance you put this? Very good where do you rate this? Ooh, it's hard. If I were to say for us an album that I can dance to, I'd stick it at like a four. Right. If I were to say something that 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 lyrically like keeps me uh, thinking the entire time because you can just kind of shut your brain off when you're hearing some of these yeah mm-hmm. I would put it at like a two right uh, 
But Remember, decimals are obviously with my 2.9. I've cleared that decimals are not off limits. Boy, Joe, as precise as you want. 1.15. Yeah. I don't know. Because the end gives you some, you know, and if we're going yeah. off of five and only a third of the album but makes you, you think. But if you have to do the whole album. What like, would you give it? I would say a three. Okay. All right, a solidly average album. There we are. Okay. But we, we, we know you love it. I love her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we know that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sure. Chuck. <laughs> yeah. But not all right. least, all things go to here. This entire album is the story of a woman dealing with a breakup. The entire album. The track selections in their order are this woman dealing with losing someone. Because you feel it. It starts off with Roar. She's like, I'm free. There's not this, this, this entity anymore, this thing that I have to deal with. And then it's it's all like a weird sexy party you know like you're like rebounding and you're and you're going for it and you're like i'm gonna buy bottle service because fuck it i'm free and then you hit that you hit that like that unconditionally where it's like oh love no 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 no. i'm way awesome you know and just like the way that this this album like organizes itself you can sort of like I know I'm maybe grasping for straws here, maybe, but I think very, very heartily listening to this album in order is about a woman dealing with figuring out herself again after being a part of another thing for a while, something that... You're not grasping at all. I'm changing my rating. I'm a three now because of that. I didn't even notice that. I was thinking of these as disparate messages, and granted that was yeah. based on the meta comment, which is sort of a side message, mm-hmm. really, as far as the main message is concerned. This is a breakup album, yeah. which, just this to is... my One Republic point, that's a lot more unified than that album was. That was practically a compilation. This is absolutely so, her breakup album. Yeah. Like, absolutely, without a doubt. Um, because it, it it is so disjointed. She's she's grasping for something, some identity, and so she's trying on all of these identities to see which one fits. And by the end, she says, "I will love me, and this is me." Um, well, but isn't that that's also that is a rainbow? And yeah. A prism makes a rainbow, God, and they're it. all prism, no. Colors. Oh, no. This does not make double rainbow okay. <laughs> <laughs> this does not. But no, I'm, it, it, it really is about that, you know, about a woman <laughs> going through, like, all of the, the costumes that she wants to wear and, and figuring out, like, who she is again and then getting to that point by the end. And I didn't think about that. I was like, it's like two completely different albums happening. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. two complete... And then it, it just clicked in my brain. I was like... It has to be that way. It kind of has to. Otherwise, like, it's so bipolar if you if you started putting, like, a song like Love Me after birthday. It wouldn't... It, I don't think it would it would work as well. Yeah. You know, like, it's it's the journey of, of a woman. And maybe this isn't what she intended, but it's the way it, it translates in, in looking at these in their order yeah. instead of putting it on shuffle and I think it's something that's lost if you were to put this album on shuffle yeah, obviously I can see that yeah um, so I'm gonna give it a four because of because of that moment because of that moment going wow. this is a woman trying to find herself again and and struggling with it through through most of it and then finally getting there 
funny how this, uh, between the two of you, came in with the opposite bias. Uh, am I not mistaken? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, the only reason that, that I feel that way is because it, it dawned on me, like... Well, no, we... just that Mark was more of a defender than, yeah. than yourself, I think, yeah, originally. Yeah, but no, I... And now the, the rating is, is a whole step apart. That's interesting. Yeah, I... I hate Double Rainbow, though. I hate it. I think it's a terrible song. It shouldn't... If it wasn't on the album, I think I would even go higher. That's not why we do but this. It's, it's I, a nice big I reveal. I can't hear Double Something without thinking Double Penetration. I'm sorry. Oh my god, in heaven. <laughs> of course. By that's the way, exactly both of you will be uh, a- averaged together. Your two ratings will be averaged together before you are then averaged as part of us. And I've done the math, and it actually works in your favor. You get a little bit of a curve as if... As, well, either, bleh, as opposed to you being rated uh, separately. Um... Before we talk a little bit more about Afterbirth Monkey, why don't we take a break from that hefty, long album review and uh, flip some tables and have you guys play a song about death. Okay. <gasps> I love death. All right. Let's, let's pause and contemplate for death. Wait. There once was a man who lived on a train For years he rode among us, nobody knew his name Then one day somebody stood up and cried Hey look, that homeless man shitting just fell down and died And the papers read Man dies defecating I can't help contemplating There's no worse way to die I don't want to die, 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 die Shitting on a subway train where no one knows your name. Well, wait a minute. I don't know. There's probably worse ways to die than that. I don't think so. That one's really, really awful. Yeah. Well, what if a creepy spider with sharp little fangs what? were to climb on your face and bite you underneath your bangs? Why? And then while you were gasping for your last breath of air, the spider looked in your eyes with his creepy spider stare and was all like, Fuck you. This is for destroying all my spider webs. I worked really hard on those. Asshole. And the papers read Charles dies suffocating. I can't help contemplating. There's no worse way to die. Die, die, die. I don't want to die. Die, die, die. Being bitten by a spider. A creepy fucking spider. (gasps) What if you were to die of curable cancer because you didn't have health insurance? What if you were to die choking on a balloon at a children's birthday party? And you're there as a, and you're, you're the entertainer and you're dressed up like a clown. And all the children start murdering other people dressed as clowns. <laughs> With balloons. Oh, God. What, what if you were, were to die, die listening to this song? Because a blimp crashes through the ceiling and squishes everybody. I don't want to die. I, I, I don't want to die. Shitting on a subway train. Being bitten by a spider. Of curable cancer. Choking on a balloon. Being murdered by clown children. I don't want to die ever. And that was A Man Dies Defecating. Well, I'm sorry. Man Dies Defecating. Uh, by the infamous Afterbirth Monkey, who are our guests. Yay. We are infamous. Are we infamous? I don't know. 
I we're believe, just we're believe, unfamous. Uh, That's what we are. Yeah, here. I'm still thinking. A man dies defecating. Man, man. dies. I don't know. Man do you think dies the in, defecating. Well, that was um, the, the indefinite article. article really helps. So that that song's based on. Oh, it's based on it's the based song on yeah. actual newspaper yeah. article. Oh, you actually there saw. There was a man who was defecating between the cars on the subway train, and he fell to his death. And the headline said, man dies defecating. And in that same day, somebody else had died, yep. who was like some lawyer or something, Everybody and his name was day. in the paper. Yeah, he got a name, but the man The, the homeless the... guy who... Yeah. Was Didn't shitting. get a name. Oh, Didn't interesting. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that's honestly like the like the depth of the song is about, it's really about like, do I want to die without somebody knowing, knowing who, who I am? Who I am, yeah. yeah. Did, I, did, I make a, did I make a mark, or did the only mark I make be like the shit you think it's about being murdered by clown hole. children no it's no. about it's about there's a deeper meaning the, there's, there's always absolutely a deeper meaning there's always a deeper meaning that brings me back to the except movie except for double rainbow with honors. there's no deeper Never meaning double anyone rainbow. see the movie with honors with Joe Pesci and Brendan Fraser from 1994 no, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just saw it is the, it is yeah, the right? greatest combination I mean don't get me wrong it's a very very like average 90s film but yeah I honestly think it's probably one of the best 90s films for that exact reason because they work unsurprisingly well together Okay. So, so my first question for you guys is the obvious one. After Birth Monkey, where did the name come from? Oh, <gasps> you tell this story. Uh, we were playing an open mic night for the first time. First ever. We had just, you know, we were all sparkly and new. Mm-hmm. To we the we had been doing funny internet videos together. Mm-hmm. We made puppets together once. That's how we. That was oh, like how, how we, we bonded like and became friends over puppets. by the fact that we could sew things. Yeah. With a sewing machine. Felt and. And we took, we took songs that we had written separately to an open mic, and s- suddenly we had to give our name on the list. Yeah. And Charles was at, like... I looked at you, and I, should we should we be marking my real name at the time? Because I was going by my real name at that point. And so we were going to be like a she and him thing. And and, and, and I was like, well, let's... Yeah, I have the birth monkey. Just make something up. I don't know, like, try it. Like, pick some pick something cute, like say something cute. random words. Something cute. Something cute. cute. Um, puppy squeal. Something disgusting. Placenta. <gasps> Placenta puppy squeal. See? Wow. Okay, I can see. Actually. Suddenly it's yeah. like, squeal. it's like, oh, okay. There we go. That's your own, that's your own, like, yeah. indie rock name. So, that's, on yeah. the... So, at huh. home listeners, try it yourselves. On the, yeah. Play the Afterbirth Monkey game. Afterbirth. Disgusting and adorable. Just go with it. Felching hamsters. Felching hamsters. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, gross. I don't even. So, you know, that oh, might have actually been how, how the, the Russian band Pussy Riot got their name. Yeah. Well, but no, like, no, that actually. Well, had well, something cute, yeah. something. Well, that, but then again, Pussy can be can be yeah. switched around there. But yeah, they're also a all female beautiful. activist group. But is it a yeah. cat? Yeah. Are you talking angry. about a cat? Or are you talking about? Vagina. Probably vagina. Probably. But anyway, we, we were called onto the stage yeah. to do our set, and when we arrived, we said, hey, we're after Birth Monkey, but we don't have to be after this. We'll probably change our name. Like, this is our first mic, and everyone in the open mic audience disagreed with it, and they're like, no, keep the name! Keep it, keep it. So, if any of you who were at the Walt Astoria open mic two years ago, thank Thanks. you. We are still after thank Birth Monkey. Thank you. Thank you. Waldorf Astoria? The Waltz Waltz Astoria. Astoria. Oh, it's a really Which, cool... Well, it's like, your first now. venue was yeah, the Waldorf Astoria. <laughs> um, no. But, and then two weeks later, we were playing another open mic, and this guy with a ponytail and, uh, and a oh, Hawaiian shirt this is weird. said, you'll never be famous with a name like that. You can't say after birth monkey on TV and we're like, what? Oh, you can totally say after birth on TV. He, it's not a curse word. But will they? It's, it's a, not part it's of the thing. seven 
dirty words you can't it's say not. on radio or television. Yeah. Exactly. I can... Though, I know of other things that have gotten changed for television. Yeah. So. People, I'm kind of... When you realize that we're actually just talking about an adorable monkey like, ap- that's like just been born... born we're not being gross. Yeah. You're going to require a hyphen. You're being gross. Yeah. <laughs> That's Get really out. what it's about. You're yeah. the sickos. I'm saying yeah. television is going to require a hyphen monkey. in your name. Postnatal monkey. Postnatal monkey. But it doesn't have the same ring it's as that. Newborn, yeah. newborn monkey, precisely. Newborn monkeys. We could have done placenta primates, but we, that's disgusting. Yeah. That is It's just possible that the powers that be within uh, network land might actually change, change you to the postnatal monkeys. Just get used to it and the off Postnatal monkey. That's, that's I kinda, hate it. That's, Fuck you. Really clinical. Man. <laughs> I don't want to be really cold and clinical. David Lemon is on I will take a hyphen over uh, postnatal. I wouldn't post-natal. mind if we were that after is hyphenated, actually. <laughs> and while oh, we're on, well, just in the afterbirth. And while we're on the hyphen. topic of names, I oh. I know you as Charles Stunning. Yes. I also know you by your muggle name. Muggle name. But um, I want to know how you came up with the name Charles Stunning. Oh, I'm so excited. I love this story. Uh, so. I moved to New York and I sort of stumbled onto the burlesque scene completely by happenstance. I was working in a venue called the Highline Ballroom and saw some neo-burlesque there and it changed my entire perception of beauty and womanhood and all of that. Uh, That's a longer story to tell, but just start off with that. So I fell in love with the burlesque scene and to be a burlesquer, generally you have to come up with a... an an interesting fascinating name you know like a lot of them are puns um some of them reference like delicious or kitties or cherries or whatever you know like just very fun names and i was a a young uh neophyte in the burlesque community i was going to shows and i didn't have a name so i wasn't really introducing myself and i went to a show uh with my co-producer of honey badger burlesque her name is sherry cola not a real name obviously um, I went to a show called Kitty Nights, which is a weekly show in New York City on the Lower East Side, uh, produced by Femme Appeal. And I saw this show and was having a wonderful time hanging out with Sherry and meeting these lovely, wonderful people. And we went to another bar afterwards, um, to a little bar called Bar on A, which is not there anymore, which is really sad. I was, cause this is where I was born. Um, <laughs> we were, we were having a lovely time and I as a human being, actually cannot hold still. We were listening to Katy Perry's album, and I was just, like, dancing while we were while we were just sitting there. I, I can't. And I started doing the Charleston, the 20s dance, where you put your, you move your feet and go... And my beautiful, wonderful best friend and co-producer looked at me and went, Hey, you're Charlestoning! That's amazing! And I just went, Oh my god! I'm Charles Stunning. And the next day, I, I'm pretty sure I peaked your, your thing so much because I'm so excited. And the next day, I, I, I researched the whole thing because I didn't, I didn't want anyone else to, like, be mad that I took their name. And oddly enough, no one in the burlesque scene was named Charles Stunning, so it became mine. Um, I was born in a bar because I couldn't hold still. And that seems oddly appropriate. Very interesting thing about that name, um, besides it being a play on words, which no one ever gets. I'm like the Katy Perry of burlesque names. No one gets that there are lots of levels. Um, <laughs> is it's uh, it's my grandfather's name. Um, Charles. Charles, yes. Uh, God rest him. 
Um, he's been he's been passed for for many 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 years. I didn't even think about it when I chose the name. So it actually is a is a name from my family. Um, it's really pretty the name Charles. People get to call me Chuck now, which is really cute. Um, but if you want to like think really hard about my name, the name Charles, um, it's a, a jumble of my of my Muggle name actually. Oh yeah, um, hey, I never thought yeah, of that. Isn't yeah, that, right? Yeah, the, my Muggle first name and the first letter of my last name jumble, and you'll get my name. You guys can totally figure out my name. I don't care. Good luck. But isn't it weird how that, many levels are to that name? That's I, cool. Yeah, my mom won't let me legally change my name. I like the idea of sub <laughs> of subconscious, and that sometimes we do things that yeah. we don't even realize we're doing. And it was yeah. it was so like and serendipitous ser that serendipity, yeah. That I couldn't that I couldn't hold still and decided to do a dance from the twenties in a bar after a burlesque show and that became my name because of who I am and my past it just was perfect um, where the artist was born now I'm going to set a premise for you guys okay all of your songs on the album uh, Man Dies Defecating they're a about a breakup <laughs> they are about a breakup imagine that they're all in a fight to the death and only one can survive <gasps> and that one's your favorite <sighs> each of you pick a favorite song off your album Oh God! Can I look at the album real quick? <laughs> what songs? What are our songs again? I forget. Because I'm curious what your favorites are. Oh Lord. And why mm. it's your favorite? Because mm. you know, just saying it's your favorite because it's pretty. I mean, that's a reason. I have one. What's your favorite song? I'm not. No, I'm not going to sway them. Oh, okay, that's true. I, well, they my, know my mine. One, my one also has scientific reasoning behind so it as well. So my favorite, while they're deciding, my favorite is Nerd Him, mo for a really. Gushy romantic reason. That one would get its ass kicked by the other song. Yes, yeah, it would. Because it's, it's a nerd. Yeah. It like it'll just like just Ow. like fetal position. In I a have fight. a thing that I like making playlists for my fiance that are either about me or about us. Aww. And so on one that I made that was about me, I put that song because it covers a lot of the nerd ground about me. Especially with the line Hal Jordan's ring on because I own the movie replica of Hal Jordan's ring <gasps> yeah. that fits on my middle finger. But he is not a Battlestar fan. That's I haven't okay. seen it yet. That's all right. I don't actually speak Klingon, nope. guys. Just I'm like sorry, internet. I don't speak Elvish, Navi, or Klingon. I wanted to. I researched really hard to learn them, but I'm actually not smart enough. Well, Klingon is... You can do that with Rosetta Stone now. There's a Klingon Rosetta Stone? I'm pretty sure there Klingon? is. That's incredible. I know the Elvish yeah. Can we redrop this album completely in Klingon? Yeah. <laughs> that would <Yes>. be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sometimes I spitball really hard. No, some like of them that. become songs, and some of them become trash. It's cool. So what's the what's the mm -hmm. verdict, guys? Mark, you go first. I okay. I, I, I know which one. Love singing Vampire Girlfriend. That's yeah, my wait. favorite. I love it. I absolutely. I mean, love I guess it. it would win in a fight because it is undead. So. Well, it's that's so, my science. <laughs> <laughs> and she speaks of being super strong. She's, mm -hmm. she's got such a beautiful voice, and I think that the song itself is just so fun. It is I fun really song. enjoy it's just Vampire Girlfriend. So, so cute and silly, and it always that gets the like fact that it's really doing a great job making fun of like the Twilight, uh, the Twilight tropes as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's got it's got a lot going on for it. Yeah, well, Why I was well, when when friend? I when I was started working on that one, I was distressed. Um, even though I'm a huge Buffy fan, you know, I'm always distressed at the concept of the the dark male being the powerful one and right. seducing you know, like the, spike, yeah. the the beauty and the innocence and. Blah, 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 so you blah. really like Heathcliff from uh, uh, what you would call Wuthering Heights. 
hide. I have oh, no, okay. I hide. Sorry. Um, very, but very dark I, I thought about it and I was like, oh, well, duh. If you have a girl who's a vampire, no dude's going to be like, yeah, I totally want to date you even though you kick my ass at any moment. You know, it was just like a concept that popped into my head, which... <laughs> I'm sure that's been a trope on, 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 on something, something or another. Yeah. Because yeah. it would be a trope. Yeah, and so it, it's just me it. making fun of the concept of like all this like vampire like hard-on yeah. that yeah. Like, the world has but right now. But I also now. love the fact I'm that, a, like, I'm it's, like, she's such a person. I'd like my vampires like, to explode in the sun and eat yeah. you. That's not right. the classic vampire. Out. Like, let's go to the movies and, and get a slushie. Yeah, no, <laughs> I just love that. You can have a like, slushie. I mean, I won't have a slushie because vampires don't drink slushies. But I just, People are we, essentially we, my slushie. We drink, we'll yeah. go for a picnic, but it's gotta be at night. It's gotta be at night. Yeah. Like, she's just, she's, like, trying to, she's, like, on OK Cupid trying to make the date work. She's like, let's make this happen. You're making me see this OK Cupid. Stupid. Who came? Which one? Okay, country song. <gasps> I love oh, country. That, was, that, that, oh, that, that, that oh, sort of happened oh, together. I'm so tickled with that song because I love that. I song. actually purchased my first sexual toy post writing that song. Like I wrote that song. I was like, that's a really funny idea. No, I would I would dump someone because <laughs> like my my little mocha it gets me. It gets me. It's beautiful. <laughs> I I love it. I'm really sorry. It gets I'm really gross and graphic, everyone. No, that's perfect. My favorite thing about about country song is sometimes like when she and I will sit down in a room and we'll just bounce sentences off of each mm-hmm. other and and with that song yeah. literally we were sitting there and i was just strumming the guitar and i was like blah 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 and she came at me and came at me and yeah. came at me and within 15 i swear to god maybe we 10 wrote, minutes oh, we had a song yeah that's just great. like the done. best the Not, best never changed it never did a thing with it the best writing experience we had though what's really ridiculous is taco song yeah. was the for me it was the best writing experience yeah. of all because we just laughed the whole time we wrote that song and it all started because I was walking across the street with my friend and I went dude if I could eat tacos forever and not get fat and die I would and I was like hold on I have to text my bandmate real quick and then I put <laughs> my phone I was like we have to write a song about only wanting to eat tacos and we got together and we wrote that song and we I I don't think we've ever laughed harder writing for, a song for anybody that, that would say why comedy music because we get that sentence a lot why are you guys doing comedy music it's it is for that exact reason mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I noticed uh, on your website, Taco Song was one of the two songs you made. I guess an official, an official video music more. video, yeah. yeah. Um, and that, that spans okay, the ask. whole United States. That's California, yeah, all the way to New York. Yeah. I have to ask because I did notice something that you mentioned earlier. Which one of you made the puppet? Oh, we both made puppets. We both made no, no. Puppets. Which one made the puppet that was used? <gasps> the shape of oh, the dark lord puppet. The dark yeah. lord puppet. That was, that was Nelson Lugo. That, that was, was Nelson. 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 Yeah, Nelson, the shape of the Nelson commissioned that puppet. Commissioned. As part of a surprise for Schaefer while they were producing Epic Wind Burlesque together. It's extraordinary. Um, it's isn't a beautiful it? yes. puppet. I yeah. love that puppet. It's great. I love well, that Well, actually, part. the funny thing about the uh, <laughs> slight stares at us puppet shall be made. My, my favorite thing about the Shave of the Dark Lord puppet is the idea that it has its own personality and it has its own Facebook page. Mm-hmm. I think that's hysterical, and that Schaefer will get into an argument with the puppet on the puppet's Facebook page. I do that. I do that with the puppet I made with him because my puppet, uh, Trevor the Douchebag Alien, um, has a Twitter page. He's not as popular as Schaefer the puppet, obviously. And he does. He probably does a lot more coke than Shay for the puppet, but he is a burlesker like me, so that's Honestly. cool. We uh, we do a burlesque number together, which is fun. That's amazing. Um, but the song that I think would straight up 
boom murder all the other songs on this album would be if I had a time machine. Yeah. yeah. It would absolutely decimate it, all the it, rest of them. It is so smart <laughs> and so stupid at the same time. <laughs> That's probably some of the, the funniest lines you got. I'm sorry. We went ba 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 abortion. Abortion. Yeah. <laughs> then you did have That's what you did with the di 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 Apparently you like that wordplay. You had a full uh, uh, verse for the vibrator. It, yeah. Oh yeah. That's true. There was the vibrator is working. Sings. It's getting the job done. It's, it's getting that uh, job that's done. That's the most perfect love song on the album, the country song. If I had a time it's, machine, people... That's what love really feels really like. I feedback from that song, I feel like. Yeah. Well, is, um, that, is that the next video? Or are you going to do something for the new album? We're actually well, in talks. About, talks. Fingers crossed, everyone. Yeah, talks. About It's Raining Dicks. Yeah. Oh, it's, next, it's Raining Dicks yeah. is probably cool. going to come we're, next. We have, we're talking to um, a friend of ours who, who is a, a filmographer, and he really wants to do that yeah. one with us. That's we're, the one you have with Schaefer. Yeah, with that's Schaefer, the Schaefer yeah. one, yeah. I cried so, whenever I we... mean, Finalize that track. Yeah, I, I, the, I, but then you misspelled his name on our album. I'm again. Oh. If if you're listening to this shit for the Dark Lord, I'm sorry that no, your name. No, no there's, there's no. a C. It's S C H A F F E R. Yep, that's how the his name Lord. is spelled. It's I, spelled I right. Just... It's spelled right on Spotify. I told you this already. But how did I'm it not... happen? Because on Spotify. Yeah, on Spotify it's right. On here it's not. But again, Schaefer the Dark Lord. Sorry, your name's misspelled. Oh, I hate but every that. time you rap about that in the opener, I'm like, like we did on our album. Yeah, we're dicks. Yeah, um, I like to pretend we're on that album. You know that too. guy who told you the thing about yo, you won't be able to be on TV <gasps> with that name. So mad! Yeah. <laughs> I, s- <laughs> I I spell my own name wrong. I will you say this: you spell your and your wrong all the time, and I Guys, almost I almost break up with you over it every single time. I will say this: in the eighties, you might have it might have been said to you, you'll be limited to cable. <laughs> 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 Even that's not really true anymore. Nope. So. Well, We'll be there are no clothes. But that's, we, we do try to write the bubblegum songs in there. Like, mm-hmm. the, I don't know that, like, uh, maybe I not. don't think any of these songs are bubblegum. Come on. Vampire Girlfriend is really simple. There's not yeah, a single bad it's... thing in there. Yeah. Even, it... even with minimal changes, something like Dumb Girls with Big Boobs could make it on TV. Yeah. yeah. It could make it on TV. Yeah, I mean, you just skip titty fuck and then you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Meryl Streep is from but the that's future. That's what I mean. Like, that's I never want to skip the titty like, fuck. Like, Meryl Streep was my, that was like the bubblegum. Yeah, that'll make it. Because there's nothing. Talking song will make it. Yeah. yeah. We actually, Meryl Streep, we got, um, we got through, I guess it's, we can say it now. We got through to the, the third, second, third round, second round of America's Got Talent with the Meryl Streep song. Uh, they don't know why they like that song so much. They didn't. I, I mean, love it's, that song. I love Meryl Streep. I mean, it's interesting and... Her daughters are friends with us on Facebook. Not really offensive. <laughs> yeah. It's you not know, offensive. It's not it's super silly. sexually charged or anything, so... Well, I was just saying that she would be a normal yeah. person in the future. She'd be normal. Yeah, she'd be like... A, relatively Josie. talentless yeah. in the future because everyone would be <laughs> so evolved talent. and talented. Yeah, it's definitely bubblegum moments. You know what you do? You release a version with track-long bleeps. That was that exactly be... what that was. That was what we thought we would do. Yeah. Actually, fans would love that. With America's Got Talent, what, what I had I had posed the question. I was like, why don't you let us do a song like something that ruins it all and just bleep out the whole thing for TV? Because that's what I want. 
It's a bleep. Your bleep so small, it looks like a pimple on the top of your bleep. You know what I mean? You'd just be standing there smiling. Exactly. Well, you know, I mean, Kanye West does it all the time. Like he, his live performances. Yeah, I'm going there. Don't be mad. But his live performances, he subtracts his own curse words. You know, he just doesn't sing them. Kanye and Kim got married recently, guys. I don't care. Nobody cares. cares. Don't care about that. I will listen to Monster every day, but I don't care about that. Far too aware. I heard about the details of their wedding. It's exhausting. I I only know that because of an SNL sketch. (laughs) Really funny. Um, The next thing I wanted to ask you guys about. was I know that you mentioned off the air that you are actually working on a new record. We yeah. are. So I would love to know a little bit more about that, considering how much I'm in love with your first record. Oh, Yay. this one is gonna be much shorter. Yeah. Um, uh, what are we at? Six tracks? Five tracks? No, there's there's about s- I think it's seven, seven. with with other things dispersed in between. Yeah. Like, um, in the same way that we've got very short little snippets, snippets in here. Okay. Um, um we've con- it's we've kind of. It- a little conceptual. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I guess it, it is conceptual because like, it's an entire storyline. So it's like it's we it's the we took uh, twas the night before Christmas. Oh, we shouldn't give too much. No, let's not give too much away. Right. No, well, we're, we're gonna we're we're gonna get dibs, right? We ran across a plot thread. Uh oh. All right, should we tell? Them? So no, 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 no. I don't mean I don't mean for our listeners. I mean us. Yeah, personally. like you can tell us. Oh. Okay. Yeah. But don't uh, tell the no, listeners. You, if, but, I will do that if you promise to put just a bleep over everything we say about. You yeah. Know. Can you just <laughs> wait, wait, clearly with our speak. listenership, you will probably yeah, be given away. I don't want to give entire... too much away to the general yeah. public. Okay. But also, like that's why I didn't want to leak our t-shirt design. So after the podcast, you can tell me our millions of listeners. But what I do want to know about the new album is so it's a concept album so um where did the did did you guys both come up with the idea for the concept did you just kind of fall into it well what kind of happened was we were writing songs that sort of fit into a theme we just looked at them and like oh well hey our initial concept was going to be it was going to be called hungover hungover right because it was after the drinking game right and essentially it it the the songs were are very present like they are like every one of even these silly songs here they're they're all about aspects of our lives mm-hmm. and this is 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 probably as strict as you're gonna get about us yeah I think. okay um, oh as as much as afterbirth Bunky can be stripped and yeah, emotional yeah. um uh, yeah. And do you guys have an idea of when you want it out by? I know I that you didn't have a hard kind date. Of want it I want to run through the late, box of our first album first. The box of CDs that we have Late the first fall, album. maybe early winter. Yeah, we're maybe. close. I mean, we're really close. Our we, stack is like, there's like we that can much kinda, left in there. This man works so fast at things. Like, yeah. I, I'm always like kind of dragging my heels when it comes to stuff. I'm like, oh, we're gonna... And then suddenly I'll be like, so I wrote this entire song. Listen to it. What? You wrote, you wrote the whole song? I thought we were going to write it together. And like, <laughs> he'll just write it and then we'll like work it. And he's a genius. He is... I am so lucky to have this man as my bandmate. No, Good man. And at most, but, so but honestly, like probably 90% of anything that gets written comes out of a text message that we have written yeah, to each somewhere, other. Yeah, somewhere it's like, hey, I have this idea. What if this. That's we why I like pancakes with what? Jesus on the moon? <laughs> <laughs> like something like that. Like something really ridiculous. That is one thing I'll say about modern technology that I really like with music is the idea that you can write down an idea immediately like 
I know that I have friends who are in an, in an Irish band and they, like, if they hear something that they want to cover, they immediately, like, say the song title into their phone. Or if they get an idea for, like, a uh, an original riff, they play it a little bit into their phone speaker mm-hmm. and then record it and move on so they don't forget it. Mm-hmm. And it's just awesome that you can do that because if you had an idea like that on a train, even, like, a decade ago, by the time you got home, you might have forgotten it and mm-hmm. that was it. Gone. Yeah. yeah. Technology is definitely You're like a crutch. A and thank God a, a, an excellent crutch for, for like modern generations that might happen. Their brains might not work the same and might otherwise definitely never not. have become artists Nobody's gonna remember. they don't can't take it down. Nobody's going to remember four yeah. numbers in the future. It, but Nobody. It, it, it I remember four numbers now. I you were born before because I have a terrible number. memory. Yeah. Like even having to, gone to, you know, uh, you know college for, for music and whatnot and knowing music notation, I will never be able to notate something as fast as the idea is coming to my head. So I'll always bank uh, on recordings first. Yeah. Notation is later once you have it like set mm-hmm. out and you know you're ready to like form it mm-hmm. together. But in terms of just getting that idea out, thank God for for the record record button. Yeah. If you go through my phone and like the record like the recording like the voice memos, they're all just bits and pieces of a song or something that came into my head. Just yeah. walking down the street and not wanting to forget it. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I always have a notebook on my person so yeah. I can like write down things um, as they occur to me. But with the with the onset of text messaging, I just pull out my phone and I go, I'm texting you this thing. Is there anything recently that we like sent? The new song for the... Oh, the, oh we're going to be doing a... Oh, are, do we, we want to... Wait, do, are, is there going to be a section where we promote stuff that we're doing? You can yes. do that right now. Go for oh, it. Do whenever cool. you want. Yeah. 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 Promote stuff cool. right now. So All right. We've got the variety show on Sunday, uh, every other Sunday-ish, but it's with a really yeah. also great uh, uh, Christina Cataldo. She has Kitty Glitter Cabaret. Yeah. And there's, they're really it. fun. Yeah. If you guys are artists and you want to be on the show, send your stuff to afterbirthmonkey at gmail.com mm-hmm. and we'll absolutely get you on. Yeah, like we had Nelson do Human Blockhead not oh, too long ago. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. I love when he does Human Blockhead. Oh, That's how I first so met him with a nail in his nose. Yeah. At the uh, the Quidditch World Cup, I met him and Chrissy Cocktail, Super yeah. and Adam the real man. We've got we, we're doing Kitty Nights in July. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool! Oh, what day are we doing that? Do you want to grab my planner? Yeah, it's like I keep a paper planner for Ooh. real. I don't put any 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 events into my phone, and it's because it forgot a birthday once, and I never forgave it. We're, we're also doing um, the the BT Gay Show. Yeah, oh, hold on, hold on. Sorry, I'm gonna sorry. go. I have hey. not seen one of those since hey. college. Yeah. And even then, they weren't often used, so hey. I want to go back to high school beautiful? here. I love that thing. On June 14th, which is a Saturday, we are going to perform three songs for the Brooklyn Smallest Penis Pageant. <gasps> I'm so excited. We're so stoked. We booked this doing a private show. You're all, um, you look so mortified. I would want to know who <laughs> enters said co- uh, contest. Go on VogueMagazine.com and you can see all of the contestants last year in their formal wear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Boom. So it's that's, it's kind of a big deal. That's awesome. Um, kind of on not big. June the 15th, which is the day after that, we play Kitty Nights again. Um, Femme Appeal show that happens at... And oh my god, I didn't realize those are happening like are one after the other. Because she said yesterday about July. I think we might have gotten those two swaps. Oh maybe. But let's just let's well ask no, her. this is definitely happening. Either um, way, definitely go see definitely Kitty Nights go, on the fifteenth. Yeah, maybe yeah, it'll, it's still we a might really be there. Show. Just show up. Um, go. Um, Nine p.m. in White Bar, Lower East Side. Then on the sixteenth, we are opening for the BTK bands, the formerly broken up, reunited. I don't know if they're staying reunited forever, but they, we knew they'd reunite. But sorry, your band died for a minute, Peter. Um, 
the BT Gay Show, which is a, a gay pride show. Um, it's storytelling with improvised music. It's phenomenal, and we're opening that 8 p.m. at the Crane Theater in New York City. That's awesome. Um, I think that's... Peter, Peter Guerrero, who is a future guest, I'm hoping. I would like to Oh, my God. On. He's so magic. He's a host, storyteller, and comedian, and he's, he's he, I've seen him host a bunch of... Uh, burlesque shows and he's a really great personality mm-hmm. who also, also has a puppet of himself it's September 23rd well that's like a million yeah, it's really years far in the future away. yeah don't worry Crash Coach will be happy to promote any events coming up if you send them ooh, to me absolutely ooh, so. ooh, ooh. on July 16th I will be doing uh, Nasty Canasta's Naked Girls Reading I'm gonna read sci-fi in the buff ooh. awesome excellent I just want to share that with people because I'm gonna be naked it's gonna be fun nude <laughs> um, nude and before we get to the end of the podcast, I wanted to ask, will you guys perform one of the new songs from the album for us? We will we gladly do that. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll do that at the end. Maybe we'll do that at the end. No, that's what I'm saying. Thank you for asking. We would love to do one of the, the unreleased songs. Which from. which new song would you like to perform for us? Um, it is called Took, Took Your, Your Boyfriend. Boyfriend. Excellent. Um, but before we get to that, Steve, would you like to go over our spam email for the week? I would. <laughs> this post gives clear idea in support of the hub new visitors of blogging that genuinely how to do blogging. What? You actually... I couldn't even pronounce it that well because one of the words you said was of is just a f- <laughs> I, I, I recall that it was actually using that, that symbol that's, that makes a rectangle and it used that to make the O. You know the the text symbol that makes yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, vertical yeah, rectangle. Use, yeah, you can use two brackets. That was actually used. Oh, do you think they were trying to emoji and then it didn't pop up? That's I don't give emoji spam I too much credit. Yeah, but sometimes. Well, I mean, if you're like you crossing spam? formats, you think the, and the if bots they did it in like yeah. a format, yeah, like in like a creation. Yeah, because like I know did it, like when, with Google, or, I know when Google people tweet emojis, they show up as question marks in my phone. Maybe they were using Windings. Squirrel mail to AOL. I hope they weren't using Windings. Wingdings. Crazy wingdings. ass motherfucker. Who invented wingdings? Who writes in wingdings? Anyway, this this uh, spam was from SciCat. I do. And uh, his email is actually Bonnie Deacon. Real name. Wow. That's weird. We don't get real names a lot. Usually it's like Air Jordans. Fire Red. <laughs> oh, I miss Jordans. And yeah, they've been not happy. They, they don't like us anymore. And John, what album are we doing next week? We your are pick? doing <laughs> Swans. <laughs> Oh, is boy. the band the band Did let me finish gonna wax eloquence um a noise rock post punk that just so happens I think Steve knows I know them and I I, I jokingly pushed him into doing it and he, I didn't actually expect him to do it so I know I, I heard swans, 30 seconds like I heard from 30 20 seconds. years ago I heard 30 seconds of a song and a smile was on my face I, I, it, it sounds very... I don't I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I forget whether it was Swans or Sun, but one of these is actually the song I... Uh, one track on in one of those bands I used to test exactly how loud my stereo would go in college, and it could be heard several dorm buildings away. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm excited. The album is called To Be Kind. Okay, and this is a new record. This is like days, days old oh, days at this old. point. Cool. Um, and then also, I would love for you guys to do our sign-off once you're done performing your track. So now here is Took Your Boyfriend. Mm-hmm. One time, two times, we destroyed the room. Three, four, the hinge is broken from the door. Five, six, there's so much we can't fix. Seven, eight, the room's in quite a state. Nine, ten, the shit hits the fan. 
Pay no attention to the bruises on my knees We know you've got a lot of questions Hold your tongue, there is no need For we'll tell you a story that you'll not soon forget Of what's been going on and why your sheets are wet He may have sprained his finger And we may have stubbed our toe We never wanted to get busted but now we guess that you should know We took your boyfriend, we took him really hard We took him in the foyer, then we took him in the yard Oh, 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 we took your boyfriend Oh, 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 we do it all again We took him on the table, gave him rug burns on the floor Tossed his salad in the kitchen while we called him a whore he may have pulled a muscle, and we may have strained our necks Of the countless nuts that we busted We liked your man's the best We took your boyfriend, we took him really hard We took him in the closet, then we took him in the yard Oh, 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 we took your boyfriend All the problems in sickness and health While you do all the boring stuff We get all the filth You may think we're trashy In this we do agree Because your boyfriend likes it nasty And there's come all over me Let's face it We fucked your boyfriend We fucked him really good We fucked him in the shower Then we fucked him on the hood of your car Oh, 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 oh We fucked your boyfriend Oh, 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 oh We do it all again Make some noise, one Time, two times We destroyed the room Three, four The hinges broken from the door Five, six There's so much we can't fix Seven, eight the room's in quiet state. Nine, ten, we do it all again. And remember, music, music is life and, and life is good. good.